What up, Nate? Hello, Joanna. And hello to all of you. This is Stranger Than. Coming to you from the epicenter. That's right. I've been waiting for weeks to say that now. <laughs> <laughs> it's a ghost town around here, as it may well be in many of the places that you folks are. Oh, man, it is fucking nuts out here. It is It is stranger than. That it is for certainly sure. is. It that certainly is. That is for sure. So uh, we hope you out there are having like, not too hard of a time of it. If you are, we feel ya. Yeah, it's strange times. We're near the apocalypse. <laughs> we are, and... Uh, Get we, your toilet paper. <laughs> we we will make every effort to keep putting episodes out there for you. Gotta have something to listen to in the, oh, in the apocalypse. definitely. Now is the time where we are just listening to all the things and watching all the things. Reading all the things. Yeah. So... We're going to try and keep on going because I've got some episodes I want to do all up in my head. and Time to get them on paper it or is, whatever. It is. And this time we will be talking about cannibals. A couple Pe- stories about cannibalism. People eating people. Sometimes you've got to. Let's hope it doesn't come to that. Let's hope it doesn't get yeah, true. In the now time because That's, yeah. things have gotten so crazy in a couple of weeks. Like, I, I mean... Do you think it could be cannibalism, like, in two weeks? Maybe not quite. I don't think two weeks. I think that's we've got... Not, that's not quite long enough. I think we've got some time until the cannibalism sets in. I think there's enough just food laying around that we're fine. Well, it doesn't always have to be because of starvation. Sometimes true. people just do it to, like, freak other people out. That's true. Like, that's going to be the gang that's going to rule the streets. The, the post-apocalyptic streets is going to be some cannibal gang. They will fucking kill you, and then they will fucking eat you, and that is how they assert their power by... I would be afraid of a gang that ran around and, like, killing and eating people. The eating people just... To kind of, like, scare just, people, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it just it just puts it, like... It just takes it to this whole other level of fucked up. Well, especially as humans, because we don't really have any natural predators. And so, what's... I mean, we don't have the real fear of getting eaten. Top of the food chain, except yeah. for like when you do find a bear. I mean, because they're gonna, they're bigger than you. But in rarely, I mean, rarely do you run into a bear unarmed, and yeah. So it's it's, it's like, not a common occurrence for sure. And just to, the the thought of someone with your equal mental capacity, and they want to fucking eat you. Yeah, scary. Their skull cavity is the same size. Everything. Hmm. You don't want to eat them, Mm -mm. but they want to eat you. I don't want to eat people, like, ever. Nah, I mean, I will if I have to, I guess. If I had to, but it's not not a scenario I like to imagine. No, and it's probably not one that's going to happen. It's not one of those that, like, you know, when it actually happens, it's it's fucked up, but when you're imagining it, it seems, like, kind of cool at the time, like, being in this situation. Um, it's, it's like never cool. Right. Like even in my, even in my head where I'm making things seem like a lot more funner than they would be, like as I'm finding out right now. Right. It's like, (laughs) shit. Like, yeah, actually this sucks. Um, yeah, like eating people, that's just, mm mm-mm. Well, normally eating people happens in extreme situations. Right. The two stories we'll be sharing today are fairly, I mean, one is definitely a a very common story. Joanna, you'll be talking about the Donner Party. That is correct. Everyone's heard about that, at least in America. 
I'll be talking about the whale ship Essex, which was one that I didn't know about, but it's still a fairly well-known story. I have not heard about it either. It's 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 a wild ride. It is a, it is a wild ride. So I guess you're right. The the links, the feelings you'd have to have to eat people. I mean, that's just not fun. No, there's there's even fantasy fun is just not cool. I never fantasize about eating people Mm-mm. in no. that way. No, that's what I'm saying. Even when you're thinking about things that are a little more edgy and like, oh, wouldn't it be cool if this was actually that like, going on in the world? Like like zombie apocalypse. Mm-hmm. Zombie apocalypse seems way cooler than I'm sure it would actually be. Oh, yeah. No, it'd be dirty and like. Uh, yeah. And no TV ever. No, no Nothing no to showers. watch zombie apocalypse shows on. Exactly. Yeah. But even that, it's like there, there, there's no eating people. Like, wouldn't it be cool if zombies were around and then we had to eat people? Yeah, no, no. no. That would. I mean, there were people that ate people in The Walking Dead. The zombies. Also, and also, oh yeah, and those cannibal people, yeah, because they, oh yeah, six or whatever. That was gross. But that one guy got bitten by a zombie, and then they ate one of his legs, and he was like, "Ha ha, bitches! I got bit by a zombie. You're all infected." And they were like, "Oh no!" I remember that. I remember that. Yep, cannibals. Yep. Don't be a cannibal. Be a cannibal. Why don't you start off with a thing I've never heard about? Oh, right. The whale ship I am, I am intrigued now. November 20th, 1820 was a day that the impossible occurred. On this day, the great hunter man, with his harpoons and timber and canvases, was taken down by his prey. On this day, the whale ship Essex was taken to the bottom of the sea by a sperm whale. Though incredible, that's not the shittiest thing to happen to these dudes. The horrors they endured in the days following the loss of the Essex almost made up for the horrors they inflicted on countless whales in the ship's life. The Essex was built out of white oak in Amesbury, Massachusetts. I don't know how long it took to build, but it was launched in 1799. 1799, wow. She was 87 feet long, 26.5 meters, and had three masts. It's likely that the Essex started life as a merchant ship and then was later converted to a whaling ship. Hmm. Whaling was not a great practice. People killed whales to get their blubber and oil used in a variety of products like lamp oil, machine lubricants, margarine, cosmetics, and many other things. It was like people didn't realize that killing and killing and killing would result in fewer and fewer animals. Maybe they just had no concept of the fact that they weren't just like unlimited. They did not, especially because especially the ocean people are went on forever. <laughs> yeah, people. People are unlimited. Yeah, they are, and we don't seem to see that that is being wrong. And it's just like, well, I just assume that you know they bred like us and were as virulent <laughs> right. as us, and they would just always be more of them, no matter what. And sadly, that is not the case. No matter how many we kill, how many wars, disease, we just keep on keep going. on popping up. Keep on popping up. The basic way that a whale hunt went down is from the main boat. They would launch smaller boats. They'd carry around six guys. On these smaller boats, they'd paddle up to the whale, and they would have a harpoon, and they would fucking stab the whale with a harpoon, and then tie, the the harpoon was attached to a chain or a rope, and that would get tied to the boat. And they basically would just hold on while the whale thrashed and tried to escape until it was too tired to do anything. That's... And then they would drag it up onto the boat and kill it. That's awful. Yeah. I don't like that. No, it was fucking terrible, especially because whales are intelligent. I know. They're really smart. Fortunately, it was a dangerous job, so lots of these motherfuckers did get killed. Well, you're out there on the open seas with the giant animal. Exactly. Hunting it. Hunting it. So 
that's the risk you take when you decide to live that life. That's right. That whale hunting life. Evidence of hunting and killing whales dates back to around 3000 BCE. Inuit did it as well as other people living in North in the North Atlantic and North Pacific. It makes sense. One kill for tons of calories in addition to all the other stuff that can be made from animal animal remains. The skins for stuff, I mean all kinds of stuff. Many tribes of Amer- Native Americans have hunted whales as well as most coastal peoples worldwide. Again, it makes sense. Once commercial whaling became a thing in the early 1600s, things start to get really gruesome. It changes from hunting to killing and processing. Hunting is one thing when you're doing it to provide for your community and you kill a whale and you bring it on the land and you use all of its bits. Mm-hmm. But when you're just doing this disgusting shit, you know, they hack the whales apart on the sea, drag their corpses alongside the boats, put the, blubber, the blubber in barrels. It was so cold in these northern climates, it would keep everything sort of fresh. That's just so gross when yeah. you think about it's all the, the, fucked up. the butchery. It's I've probably se- I have seen like whaling stuff too. Yeah, it's like they have like a, those like those uh, things that cut wheat, like the the scythe. Yeah, things, yeah. And they're just like slicing them down, like it's all, fucking uh. horrendous. Do you remember? Do you um, you remember that like exploding whale video? That like viral video. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, didn't someone like kick it or something? I think they had very touch, but it had like all the gases building yeah, up. Yeah. And- I think they were trying to, like, get, you know, get rid of the carcass because it, like, washed ashore and was, like, rotting. And then, like, yeah. <sighs> oh, oh. That's, that's. That is some sick shit. That is, that is some sick shit. Whales are big creatures. They are huge creatures. They're the largest creatures that are on the planet. Yeah, so. I believe they're the largest creatures to have ever been on the planet. Depending upon the kind of whale, of course. Mm-hmm. It's nuts. Eventually, during the late 1800s and early 1900s, offshore stations were set up to process the meat and oil from the whales, and even farther out, there were floating factories doing the same. Cultural hunting of whales is a way to to provide food and material to smaller groups of people. Once whale hunting becomes commercial whaling, a worldwide industry, pretty reprehensible at that point. Right. Now that everybody's doing it, make a buck. As you may or may not be able to tell what I, where I stand on the practice of whaling. I, I <laughs> feel that you're passionate about it. I'm, I'm against it. I'm against it. <laughs> I'm passionate about being against it. Is yes. what I meant. You know, yes. you're, it's a... <laughs> you're very passionate about whaling. <laughs> you're very passionate about whaling. <laughs> the Essex left the island of Nantucket, Massachusetts, on August 12th, 1819, heading towards the South Pacific on a three-year voyage. On the ship was 21 men, including the captain, George Pollard. This voyage was Pollard's first as captain. The next ship that he captained was called the Two Brothers, which was also a whaler, and it also sank. Though this was his first voyage as captain, he was not new to the Essex, as he'd sailed on it for four years previous. Mm-hmm. First he was the second mate, and then he was the first mate, and then captain. Owen Chase was the first mate on this voyage, and also the man that wrote and published the account of the incident we're talking about. In fact, the written account, called The Narrative of the Most Extraordinary and Distressing Shipwreck of the Whaleship Essex, was what inspired author Herman Melville to write Moby Dick, and Pollard was the inspiration for Captain Ahab. Hmm. The second mate was a man named Matthew Joy. The rest of the crew consisted of six men from Nantucket, one of which was Pollard's cousin Owen Coffin, 
and then 11 men recruited from the mainland that had never been to sea before. They called these guys Green Hands. On August 16th, 1819, the Essex went through a pretty bad storm. It actually knocked the ship on its side. It didn't go all the way upside down. They managed to get it back upright. But, but it destroyed two of the smaller whaling boats. I think there was five on it total. It was pretty much incompetence that caused this to happen. I mean, there was a storm, <laughs> but the officers made mistakes and the, the crew just didn't know what the fuck to do because they were mm -hmm. mostly inexperienced. They just couldn't pick up the slack. So Pollard thought that the damage was so much they probably needed to go back to Nantucket for repairs. Mm -hmm. The first and second officers convinced him otherwise. They said they could stop off at the Portuguese-controlled island of Azores. Today, it's called the Autonomous Region of Azores and is one of the autonomous regions of Portugal, which make up the Portuguese Republic, which I didn't know was a fucking thing. Hmm. I did not know that was a thing either. The Republic consists of mainland Portugal, Azores, and Madeira. Both Azores and Madeira are islands off the coast of Portugal. I'm not sure why they would go there for repairs and to replace the boats as they were headed to the South Pacific which would be off the coasts of South America and Azores is in the Atlantic. So I don't know if they actually went there or not hmm, that... because the, the route I would I imagine they're taking is going to go from Nantucket down the East coast of America, down the East coast of South America, because mm -hmm. this is before the Panama canal. And then they'll go around Patagonia or whatever. And then wow, come out that way. Quite the, Detour you have to make. So it's weird because Portugal is close is closer to the UK, so they're mm -hmm. going across the Atlantic just to go back. So I don't know if you maybe know, there's... both my daughters are part Portuguese. Are they really? Yes, not on my side, but uh, yeah, you know, yeah, on their on their dad's side. Yeah, that would make yeah. sense. Mm -hmm. I knew that you weren't part Portuguese. Yep, that's why that's because that's why they have that kind of weird last name that yep. kind of sounds. Hispanic, but is a little bit different, but yep, everyone yep. thinks is, you know. Yeah, it's yeah. very, very close. To, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Just a little different. And they tan so well in the summer. Bitches. Yeah. <laughs> like my poor son, who's just Irish. <laughs> right. He's just like he's, so he's white. He's got two clear. colors. He's got yeah. white and red. Yeah. <laughs> that is unfortunate. Well, nobody's going to be. I mean, I guess we can get outside, but oh yeah, I mean, we can go outside. We just it could can't be go a whole. It could be a whole different thing, though. Just in general, yeah, true. You're not going places and laying in the sun all day long. Like, yeah, we'll see. We'll see how it all pans out. It's hard to we'll say. We'll see. We'll see. I'm sorry. I'm being fatalistic. It's it's been, but you wouldn't believe how much your life can change in two weeks. That's true. I'm sure the, the whatever's going on with the crew. They think the, the same they, thing. They think the same thing, yep. or, or they're about to. <laughs> about two months into their voyage is they when they ran into their first sperm whale. Sperm? Why do they have to name it that? Just to fuck with you. <laughs> <laughs> I just hate the way that, you know. And it's weird that it has a horn. It doesn't. Those are narwhals. Oh, those are narwhals? I thought, yeah. I thought the sperm whale had a horn, too. Nope, narwhals are the only um, whales that have horns. But... Narwhals are real? Yes, narwhals are real animals. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, was I even lied to when I no, when no. I was told when I saw pictures and thought this was a real thing? No, narwhals are but real. But it's things, just not a sperm but whale. But it's not a sperm whale, yes, correct. Sperm whale is different. A sperm whale than is a narwhal. Different. Okay. They were south of Rio de Janeiro in January of eighteen twenty when they first located and subsequently killed their first victim. 
the voyage so far had been considered a failure as they'd only seen i mean this was the first whale they'd seen so they're mm-hmm. like well, this and is it's bullshit. a fucking sperm whale which is what they're going for yeah then their luck changed and off the coast of peru they killed 10 more whales wow 10 that's a ten. lot the captain decided that they had head east offshore into deeper water into an area that had been proven to be a good place to kill whales first however they stopped in atacame's ecuador to like resupply and unload probably the whale corpses and blubber and all that shit so they could go out and kill more. While in port, one unnamed crewman took off, hopefully because he was horrified at the atrocities he'd been committing. On the Essex sailed to Hood Island Galapagos, where they caught a bunch of tortoises, reportedly 200, the great hunters that they are. In October, they stopped at Char- Charles Island to hunt more tortoises. I'm guessing they were eating them. I'm not really sure, though. I don't know what else they would do with them. Like the sea turtles? No, tortoises are only on land. I imagine that they provide a lot of meat. I guess so. It's like, have you ever had turtle meat? I haven't. I haven't really eaten any weird meat. I haven't either. I mean, I know turtle soup was kind of a thing. Um, If you uh, believe what the Shredder has to say, because he says, tonight I dine on turtle soup. Yeah. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yeah, I remember. Yeah. I remember, but that always seemed really gross, and I still yeah. feel like turtle would be kind of gross. Um, yeah, I. But I'm not a hundred percent sure. I don't know. I mean, when people eat some reptiles, I can't imagine it really being any different than an alligator. Maybe I don't really know. I ate like a like an eel fish thing. That's once. a fish, though. That's not a reptile. I know. I'm just saying, like it's an it's a different. It's like a weird kind of it's fish. It's like yeah. a weird kind of. Fish. I would say the it's kind weirdest... of like eating like a snake. You know, like yeah, yeah, it was very tender. It was really good. Yeah. I would so say I'm the weirdest thing I've eaten is probably like sushi as far as like fish are concerned, like like calamari, you know? Right. Uh, that's or that's just, nothing. Yeah. And so that's I mean, I I haven't I haven't eaten a lot of meat in my life. On Charles Island, one of the crew started a fire, which got out of control. Oh dear. The island is not large, and it did not take long for the fire to spread to the rest of the island, causing the men to have to flee. On November twentieth, eighteen twenty, at around fifteen hundred nautical miles. 2,800 kilometers away from Galapagos. A nautical mile is 0.15 miles longer than a regular mile, and it's measured using time and distance, and that's why it's different. On this day, they spotted whales. They launched three of the smaller boats close to the whales, but one had to be returned it was because it was damaged. This was the one commanded by the first mate. They haul the boat up on the Essex, and they begin repairs. They want to toss it back into the melee. Most adult sperm whales grow up to 65 feet, that's 20 big. meters and they're pretty docile if unless you're another male sperm whale or if you're something that a sperm <laughs> whale eats you're a male sperm whale yeah, you get yeah they don't they don't like male sperm whales very much the males don't anyway <laughs> the sperm whale that attacked the essex was 85 feet long it's 26 meters it's speculated today that the hammering being done to repair the smaller boat may have sounded similar to a, a male whale call and that the giant male was simply responding to the sounds as he would to another male in his territory, which was violently. It slammed the left side of the ship, which was the port side, and then resurfaced on the other side of it, and apparently people say it looked kind of dazed, but then it attacked again, and it slammed itself into the front of the ship, and then just took off. Holy crap! There were only about nine guys on the ship. There was the six from the smaller boat that had to that were doing the repairs, and then they left three people on just to sort of watch the Essex. I, I would expect this from Jaws, but... It was a very Jaws-like attack. Yeah, except it's a, a sperm whale. And this boat starts taking on water. Dang. 
there wasn't enough guys on the ship to do any of the repairs that they could have right. done to save it. And so it's just going down. You need a whole crew. That's why you have a whole huge crew. Exactly. Is, is 20 because... dudes at this point. Mm-hmm. Once the two smaller ships returned, they did some cunning shit. They cut this the sails and masts off the sinking Essex. So that makes the Essex not capsized. So it takes longer to go down. They then rigged these masts up on the smaller ships. They managed to save some provisions. The men all split up between the three boats evenly. Each boat was commanded by the first mate, second mate, and captain. Each boat also had 200 pounds of hardtack, 65 gallons of fresh water, and two tortoises. Enough that each boat should have had about 60 days before they were going to be into any kind of trouble. So two months. Mm-hmm. The plan was to head to South America. And that's a really far journey. It's a far journey. They're, I mean, they had two other options. They, one was to head 1,200 miles, 1,900 kilometers west to the Mascasis Islands or to the Society Islands, which were a bit farther away. These two choices didn't really jive because the Mascasis Islands were home to cannibals. And not much was known about the Society Islands, and they just thought that there was going to be cannibals there, too. The Essex took a long time to sink. It was still above water on November 22nd when the decisions were made and the boats set out. It was about 4,000 miles, 7,400 kilometers, to South America. From where their location was, they were going against the wind and against the current. And they're just gonna, they're like taking like a, what, like a rowboat or something? Like a. They're bigger, I mean, they're bigger rowboats because they're, right. you know, used to fight whales. Mm-hmm. You know, you can get six dudes on them and they have the masts rigged to these things so they can use wow. some wind power. So I don't think they're just rowing against the current. And there is a way that you can, I think, I believe it's called tacking, where you're able to catch the wind and, and go against it. Like you do like a kind of a zigzag maneuver or something. And that gets you, you go back with the wind and then you use the wind's power to sort of go forward. The boats they were on were not meant for constant ocean travel. And since, I mean, they were hastily rigged with the sails. And so they're always needing repair. Also, the captain's boat was damaged, possibly by a killer whale. Several days after leaving the wreck of the Essex, they actually had to fight the animal off. Wow. Like, well, killer were... whales, they're very smart. And oh, it's yeah. Just like... They're actually dolphins. Yes, that's that's correct. It seems like that's the thing, the thing a, a killer whale would do or an orca. Yeah. Would be like just like, I know that's the captain's boat. Yeah. Like, like fuck <laughs> that guy. Yeah. Like he attacked Steve. Steve's mm-hmm. my buddy. Yeah, totally. Totally. So they had to fight this fucking whale off or whatever it was. Like oars and just like, you know, probably just smacking at it in the water until it finally fucked off. And he's just like, because, yeah, they're smacking him. And he's just like, no, fuck you, pal. Fuck you. 30 days later, on December 20th, they had sailed 1,500 miles, 2,800 kilometers. That's a long way. When they finally found some land. They believed it to be Ducey Island, but they were actually on nearby Henderson Island. These islands are west from the Chile-Peru border but way out in the ocean. It's like the wide part of South America. It's approximately that far out into the ocean from the coast of South America. Fortunately, they were able to replenish replenish their fresh water, but they couldn't find any food. They left the island on December 27th, leaving behind three men who wanted to try their luck on land. They were just like, I'm not going back on that ship. We're staying here. Like, fuck that fucking ship. I want to be on land. These men were rescued by the trading ship Surrey probably sometime in January 1821. That's crazy. Like another trade ship just happens to stop by and you get rescued. Yep. Yep. 
The rest of the men headed east to South America. The second mate was looking pretty bad, and he died after being transferred to the captain's boat. He was buried at sea, and his boat's command was passed to Obed Hendricks. Buried at sea means he was tossed into the water. Mm-hmm. Usually they wrap him up in canvas or something and then just and then send him down there. It's a, they, they consider that to be just as good as burying someone in land as far as like religious things are concerned. On January 11th, a storm separated the first mate's ship from the other two. On January 20th, Lawson Thomas died. The two boats that remained were out of food. They ate Lawson Thomas. As the crew members succumbed to the elements and malnutrition, they were eaten. On January 28th, there was another storm. This separated the captain's ship from Hendrick's boat. It was Hendrick's and two other men on his boat who were never heard from again. The captain was with three other sailors. His nephew, Owen Coffin, a cabin boy. A guy named Barzillai Ray. And a guy named Charles Ramsdell. After they had finished eating all that they could from the dead sailors, they were still on the water, and they still needed more food. On February 1st, they chose to draw lots to see who would die to feed the others. Wow. And who would kill him. Ooh. Ramsdell chose the lot to be the killer. And Coffin, that of the victim. Coffin. That's the guy's name the is guy's, Coffin. His name is Owen Coffin, and he was the nephew of the captain. Oh, dude. The captain had to eat his own nephew. What? He was 17 years old. Jesus Christ. He actually, the captain wanted, didn't, was like, no, 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 don't eat him. And the, the, the boy was just like, just put his head down and, and was allowed for himself to be killed. He was just like, no. He just accepted it. Yeah. No. This is terrible. Ten days later, Barzilia Ray died and was eaten by the two remaining men. So who's left at this point? Just the captain and the, this other guy? So on the captain's boat, it's those two. Okay. Uh, on the second mate's boat, that one disappeared. No one knows what happened to them. The first mate's boat didn't really fare much better. There were five men on the boat, and they didn't have anyone to eat. They were so weak that when a shark started circling, they were unable to pierce its skin with one of the spears. So oh. it's, they're like trying to stab it, but they just can't get through it. Eventually, a shark just left. It's like, dude, this isn't worth it and left. But oh, man. Yeah. Shark skin is tough. Oh, yeah, it is. But you should be but, able to get through it with a harpoon or a spear. Right. And like a, a few of you like behind, yeah. you know, like Unless, put, man, put a little put a, back a backbone into, into it. it. Yeah. yeah. This was on January 15th. They could barely even set the sails and steer the boat. Five days later, Richard Peterson told Chase, the first mate, that he was giving up. He wouldn't take any more rations. According to accounts, he just laid back in the boat, closed his eyes, and after a few hours, just stopped breathing. Just willed himself to die. He was buried at sea. They didn't eat him? They didn't eat him. Oh. On February 8th. Are they going to regret that? (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) On February 8th, after having a mental break, Isaac Cole fell to the bottom of the boat, suffered convulsions, and died. The three remaining men, with two days left of water, wait, with two days left of almost no food, ate Cole. Oh, so he So they did. had some, they're were, they were like surviving on like a few mouthfuls of bread every day. Mm-hmm. So they were starving, but. Well, I know like after stuff kept dwindling and they didn't find any land or whatever you know that they, they had been thinking like god i wish i'd eaten that oh first yeah guy. yeah like the next time this like someone fucking dies like we're not 
Not fucking we're around. Not, yeah, we're not passing that opportunity up again. On February 11th, one man, Thomas Nicholson, was laying at the bottom of the boat, wrapped in canvas, trying to die. The second mate was on the rudder, barely able to do anything. And the third man was noticing a sail on the horizon. The London vessel Indian picked up the three men who had spent 83 days in an open boat in the open ocean. They had traveled 4,500 miles and Chase, the first mate, had actually almost gotten them to Juan Fernandez Island off of Chile. They were just a few days away. That's insane. Five days later, Captain Pollard and Charles Ramsdell were also rescued. The two boats were on parallel courses about 300 miles apart. That's crazy. Captain Pollard, as previously mentioned, became the captain of the whaler, two brothers, until it wrecked and sank. And then Pollard lived out his days as a night watchman in Nantucket. He actually hadn't told anybody about the cannibalism until he got picked up after the second boat was wrecked. And he confided in two missionaries the story and was just fucked up distraught about it. Oh, well, yeah. Yeah, I know. Big shock. I wouldn't tell anybody about it either. And Especially back in the days when people were so much more God-fearing. Oh, yeah. It was like, yeah. oh, you really it wasn't their fear of God and like whatever you've done, like sin and just yeah. that overpowers the common sense. It's like, well, you fucking had to. I mean, if people got stranded and had to eat some dead people, I would be like, that blows hard, but I wouldn't be like, oh my God. I yeah, like, it would be hard I, to do. I wouldn't do. judge them for it like no way. secretly. No way. Yeah, but it, it, I'm sure it felt a lot different back then yes yes and people were i mean people are pretty judgy now but they were a lot judgier about a lot of shit back then god you know if anything like what goes on uh, what is going on shows you it's just how fucking stupid and judgy people can be especially when they're under stress and, and everyone just wants to be morally superior and ugh, it's ridiculous it is it is it's ridiculous it is so that was the story of the essex pretty fucked up i mean it's pretty fucked up what they're out there doing, but also at the time that was considered just fine. So they didn't know. They didn't know that they were doing horrible, horrible things to things that are pretty smart. They just thought that they needed oil. Well, they needed oil and they probably thought it was just like people. They just there's just more and more of them. Yeah. Yeah. There's a there's an unlimited supply, but it turns out that it only really happens with people. Yeah. Because we fucking kill everything. Else. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> So pretty horrendous. I would not want to be in those guys' position. I yeah, I can't fault anybody for resorting to cannibalism because they have to do it to stay alive. I mean, humans have an instinct to survive. Well, yeah, and I mean, hunger is awful. Yeah, hunger is terrible. And when Dude, it happens, it fucks your. It will fuck with your head. I mean, it just makes it the most like you can't ignore it. it yeah, just, no, and I because mean, your body's trying to save itself. If I, I haven't eaten for two hours, I get grumpy. So I can't imagine actually starving to death. I know, like I, I, me and my kids and most everyone I know has been pretty privileged to not ever really know real hunger. Right, right. Like, oh, I didn't eat all day because I had like this crazy day and it was terrible. But that, yeah. Nothing like days but and it's, days. Yeah, it's it, not oh like you... God. It's like you didn't have time to eat, not that you didn't have anything to eat. Mm-hmm, like yeah. just all all these things came up and caused you to, to miss meals. Yeah. You, you had to miss like a whole like 10 hours of food. And it's just like the worst thing ever. 
I can't even imagine being out on the open seat. Oh my god, I know. That's, There's no yeah. shade because you're no. on the open sea. Oh, you probably had some shade. I there, mean, cloud sail. cover. Well, the sail. Maybe the sail. Certain times of the day, but you're just out there exposed. Yeah, yeah. To it's the not. It's not good. And how many days was it? Like eighty days or eighty three or something? 83 yeah, three days out on the the open sea. I mean, people are out on the open sea after a shipwreck for like a few days, and they are just fucked up as fuck. Well, all the salt spray uh-huh. just fucks you up. It's just not, none of it's good. You're not in a good position ever. You don't no. want to be on the open ocean. No, so I can't even, I can't even imagine 83 days of that no, shit. No, no. Open boat, not that big. Uh, Your friends just dropping dead. I'm almost getting a little sick. I'm getting, yeah. I'm getting some like sympathy seasickness too. <laughs> yeah. Like that, you're just on this rocking boat and it's just like fucking hell. It's just like. Definitely not ideal. The worst ever. Yeah. Well, speaking of not ideal, speaking of not ideal, I would say that the Donner party or the Donner Reed party, the members, there were many members. They also experienced just a nightmare that none of us can even imagine. Yeah. I mean, I know some about that particular incident and fucking Christ, (laughs) just not good at all. I read a great book. It's called The Indifferent Stars Above, and it was a really excellent book on the whole experience. It is done from the point of view of Sarah Graves Fosdick, who is one of the members. Uh-huh. And, yeah, it's just, it's excellent research. I think the guy who write, who wrote it lives in Redmond. Really? Yeah. Oh, crazy. But it was a really, really good book, and I would highly recommend it to anyone who wants like all the details of the whole journey, and then the whole end, and... Everything. Just the whole everything about it. It was a great book. Well, let's talk about the Donner Party. It consisted, this is like kind of the shortened version, George Donner, his wife Tamsin, their three daughters, Frances, age six, Georgia, age four, and Eliza, age three. Tamsin is a cool name. I like that name. I do like that name. Tamsin is really cool. George's daughters from a previous marriage, that was uh, Elitha, E-L-I-T-H-A. Elitha, yeah. Elitha. She was 14 years old, and Leanna was 12. George had a brother, Jacob, Jacob Donner, and his wife, Elizabeth. His two stepsons, so Elizabeth's sons, I guess, from a previous marriage. Solomon Hook, age 14. William Hook, age 12. Solomon Hook sounds like a like a superhero name, like a alter ego or something. Solomon Hook. Yeah, yeah. Like like billionaire Solomon Hook. I don't know. I was thinking it was more like a vagabond name, like some sort of like, you know guy Maybe. Who like wanders the, the earth and like Kane from mm-hmm. Kung Fu. Yeah. Exactly. Okay, I'll take that. William Hook, age twelve. And then their five children together, which would be George, age nine, Mary, age seven, Isaac, six, Louis, four, and Samuel, one. Damn. Yes. I guess you didn't have Netflix back then, so all you had to do was fuck. Dude, you just made babies and just, like, shit tons of them. Well, because half of them didn't, like, survive infancy. And I guess it was probably against your religion to use prophylactics, whatever ones they may have even had back then. Yeah, which was not a, a whole lot. It actually lambskin. <laughs> yeah, actually, he did kind of go into that, like you know what what marriage was like in 1846. That's when that's when all this went down. The, Pre Civil uh, War, fall, the fall of 
1846. It is pre-Civil War. And yeah, just, yeah, not very good birth control. No. For sure. Like, you probably got whatever plant you could eat that would kill the baby or, like, kind of your plan B sort of thing. Or, yeah, lambskin prophylactic, maybe mm-hmm. the good old pull-out method that's that v- very, very good. It works wonders. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's a great one. Great method. No one's ever been that's born why, that so, one. That's why they had so many kids. It's because it works <laughs> <Yeah>. so well. <laughs> exactly. You know how many more they would have had if they didn't pull out? One can just as many as you could until you drop dead of it. Pretty oh, much, man. That's some, that was some tough living back then. After nine kids, oh, nine kids, never any like medicine. No, no, <laughs> no. Just, just, you just it was just straight up natural. Pushed them out on your fuck. bed. You pushed them out on your bed, or you fucking died trying. Yep, and hopefully, hopefully, you didn't get sepsis after. Yep. Mm-hmm. Another family. Sometimes it's called the Donner Party, and sometimes they call it the Donner Reed Party, because the, the, the Donner main patriarch, George, and then James Reed, they were kind of like the like the richest and like the, the leadership type yeah, of the they whole were the, wagon train. They were the bosses. They probably mm-hmm. owned the most shit and put the whole thing together. Exactly. So the Reed family consisted of James, his wife, Margaret, stepdaughter, Virginia, so Margaret's daughter. She was 13. Their daughter together, Martha Jane, called Patty, age eight, and their sons, James, age five, and Thomas, age three. So there's a bunch of kids. Mm-hmm. And a bunch of young kids. Yeah, and each of these families had a an assortment of, like, single men that were, like, working for them that yeah. they'd hired to help, like, drive their oxen. Their merry men. All, yeah. Just, yeah, yeah, probably people that did it. For a living, maybe. Mm-hmm. Or maybe just people that were headed that way, too. And they're like, hey, yeah, give me a few bucks. There was also a family, uh, the Breens. And it's Patrick and Peggy and their seven children. There was a guy named Louis Kiesberg. And he had a, his wife was named Elizabeth. And they had a, a daughter named Ada. I like the name Ada, too. Ada is nice. This guy's kind of a dick. I guess he was kind of like a, a wife beater. There was oh, some, great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There was also the McCutcheon family, William, Amanda, and their daughter, Harriet. Just one? Just one. What the well, hell? they were young. They were oh, younger, so. I see. It was just, they were just on their first one. I mean, so everyone's on only, their first one at some point. They'd only had sex the one time then. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh Little fuck trophies. And I guess along with them, I don't know if he was working for them, but there is a John Baptiste Trudeau. That name sounds pretty familiar. It's because that's what it was one of the, like the Lewis and Clark people, like way back. Oh, okay. Before the, it was before Lewis and Clark. I think the guy's named for him. Yeah, I see. Yeah. I see. And that's what Sacagawea named her son that she had at, at Fort Clatsop. Uh, she, named, she named her son John Baptiste. Olivia knows all about that. Just a she, French she was, for she was John the, one the who, Baptist. <laughs> she she was the one who reminded me of all that. Like when we went to Oregon, and I was like, "Well, do you girls want to see Fort Claps up?" Kind of expecting them to be like, "Oh, all right," you know, like great. Yes, but then Scarlett's all like, "Dude, no, 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 no." Well, actually, it wasn't Scarlett. It was Olivia. She's oh. like, she's like, you mean the place where Sacagawea stayed when she was traveling with the Lewis and Clark Company? And I'm like, 
yes. <laughs> like, how the and fuck? And she's like, and she had her son, John Baptiste, there. You know, I'm like, <laughs> like, oh. Yeah, that's totally, yeah, that's totally what I was talking about. Like, she just, oh, you like, mean this place where damn, all these kid. historical things happened? I was like, oh, my God. You've been paying attention. Oh. <laughs> she, has, she has a mind like a steel trap for stuff that she really likes and stuff that she doesn't. Basically everything. Yeah. Well, you know, they have a much greater uh, amount of savants that are on the autism spectrum than anything else. Mm-hmm. That, that could just, like, remember crazy shit. Oh, just all yeah. kinds of stuff. Uh, you know, musical prodigy sort of things. Mm-hmm. Like, all kinds of stuff, yeah. Most of them are autistic. Yeah, some, some of them can remember just huge amounts of information and then also then, yeah. I just oh, oh, the math and the, the I music just listened and... to a podcast about savant syndrome and it was fascinating. Mm-hmm. It was absolutely fascinating. And they believe that the reason that it happens is because when, because it happens also in, in traumas is that part of the brain, you can't get blood to it. And so your brain sends the blood a different way and it goes to these different pathways, which may spark these different hmm. abilities. Interesting. And so they believe that the reason that it's so high on people in the autism spectrum is because since their brains are wired a little bit different, their blood flows in places that they wouldn't flow in a typical person's brain. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, Olivia's thing that was really crazy was she could read before she could actually read. She could, she was so good at memorizing the letter patterns. Oh, yeah. And people's names. She, like, at four, she knew exactly, like, all, there was, like, 16 kids in her preschool class, and she knew all their names by heart. You know, you could say, like, you know, where's Aiden? And she would, like, point to Aiden's sign. Right. She, like, knew how to read all of them. Not because she could sound things out yet. She hadn't even, they hadn't she even begun. She knew the shape, yeah. She just knew the pattern of the letters. The crazy. That each name... She could just she just memorized it. That you know? could be that could that could well it's be like something like that. A I D A N is Aiden. Yeah, because just of how yeah the letters were in the pattern. That's the wild. Name. Yeah, yeah, it was, it's pretty crazy. And she's always been into organizing things into patterns too. Right. So I can see definitely how that would categorizing and yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> one other family, the one that is kind of featured in this book the most prominently is the Graves family. It's Franklin and Elizabeth Graves, their daughter, Sarah, and her husband, Jay Fosdick. So they just got married right before they started the journey. Oh, how Yeah, and then how romantic. And then uh, there's seven other siblings, seven other children. So Franklin and Elizabeth were pretty prolific at the whole breeding thing. And <laughs> making babies. <laughs> they were rabbits. <laughs> oh, Obviously, the journey getting to the point that they got to, they're almost about to cross the California border. They left Independence, Missouri. It's just like Oregon Trail. Yeah. You know, you you, you stock up on your wagons. You, you Get buy a bunch this- of toilet paper and hand wash sanitizer. <laughs> and then... <laughs> they did not have those luxuries. Can they you imagine? People, survi- people survive even... To this day, with no toilet paper in I other know. countries, you know it's not really a weird thing. You just use a cloth, and then you wash that cloth, right? It's... Or like you like just like get some water on your butt somehow. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's really not. I mean, leaves. Yeah. Take a two-minute shower. Whatever. Yeah, you can even wipe your ass with a rock. I have not done it myself, but the three seashells. You some know? people I know have, and they stand like... by it. They do it at home. 
God, don't I hope pick not. up any other gravel. Well, all I'm saying is, if you go on a, like a big long hike, don't pick up rocks a oh. whole lot without looking at them because I'm just like, oh, so you're like out on some backpacking trip for like this many days, and it's like you're wiping your ass with rocks and just crazy. Yeah, huh? Yeah, be careful of rocks, especially ones that like look like it would be a good one to wipe your ass on. I'm not sure what that looks like, but. Something that would, like, you know, really get up in that, you know, your crevice there, like, you know. I see. Not not too big, but, like, not Sort small. of like a spoon-shaped a bit. Right. Like, something that's just kind of, like, the right size, and you're just going to, like, you know, just give it, like, one good, long... Like a scrape. Yeah, like yeah. a scrape. <laughs> just scrape I your feel butt like clean. <laughs> a lot of hikers have really itchy assholes. They must. They must. Makes my asshole itch just thinking about it. Yeah. And you know what the thing I don't get about all the toilet paper hoarding right now is like, it's all like the dry toilet paper. Like you can still find the wet wipes. And I don't fucking get that. Now, that would freak me out as I didn't have the wet flushable ones because I've just gotten spoiled with those. I didn't know. You didn't know that there's flushable wipe toilet uh-uh. paper? No. Yeah. Crazy. Oh, yeah. It's the best. I started using it when like the girls were little, and it was like, why, why have I been living my whole life without these? I mean, they're they're newer, but oh, crazy, huh? Maybe they're... I'll give that a shot. <laughs> I highly recommend it, and I'm just like, that's the thing I would be pissed about having to live without, and be like, that's my only choice is dry toilet paper. Wow. Now, once you go flushable, it's like you just yeah. Once once you go wet wipe, you never go mm-hmm. back. Yeah, exactly. Nothing is is good enough. Well, maybe in this, uh, <laughs> you know, ap- these apocalyptic times, I'll, I'll I'll give that a shot. There you go. Because you can still find it at the store, at least the last few times I've been there. At least until this episode airs and everyone right, hears exactly. about it. Exactly. When it's, goes you know, like three days wipes. from now, who knows? Who knows where we'll be? It's It's gotten pretty weird pretty quick. So there you go. But it was a, it was a long time. It was like Oregon Trail. It was what, 1,500 miles. They've been doing it for months. Those carts probably less and less things. Eight, mi- eight miles a day, maybe 10 miles a day mm-hmm. because of just – they had oxen, I believe. Yeah. Yeah, they had oxen. And they're not fast. They're strong, but they're not fast. Right. Like at the most, you could get 20, but that usually was like didn't happen. You were lucky to maybe get 10. And then they had wood wheels, and so there was repairs that would have to occur there. And a lot of people were also walking because they had to. Well, you had the wagons and you walked, too, because you didn't want the to weigh the wagons any more down than they already were. Exactly. Like, laden with food. So you walked that whole fucking way, usually barefoot. Yeah. It was, it was pretty crazy. And then a lot of times, like, there's a river crossing or there's some giant boulder or something in your path. You got to unhook everyone. You got to take the wheels off. You got to, like, hand carry your shit and yeah. then, like, put your shit back together once you get over the impasse, whatever it may be. It was nuts. It was not easy. This book went into great detail as to, like, how exactly all that worked and how many times they had to do it, especially because when they get to this point, it's July. And they're late, aren't they? They are late. They started late. And that was not good. And they had delays like everyone does on a journey like that in that time. Now they get to this point where it's like you can either take this trail. Well, you can all stay together and kind of take this one trail that eventually you're going to split up and one's going to go to Oregon and then you're going to go to California. Okay. This certain way. Yeah, yeah. Well, when the Donner Reed party arrives at this very last, like, outpost, a fucking guy named Hastings 
or at least men that work for him are there to speak with them because they're going to take a few days and rest before they have to make this last leg of their journey. Yeah. You know, have to get, before get there's some like room service. Right. And I mean, there's barely shower. anything out there as it is, but yeah, it, it's the very last until you actually like get over a mountain pass or you get into Oregon, whichever way you're dangerous. going, it's, it's going to be a long time before you see anybody again. Yeah. So Lansford Hastings wrote this book called the immigrant's guide to Oregon and California. And where he, you know, tells them all about, like, what you need, when to leave. When to leave was probably the only accurate part he had in there. It was <laughs> Great. full of misinformation. So he was just some fucking shyster. He's, he's a total shyster. Snake oil salesman. Jack Wang fuckface. They, they did start late. They had their own, you know, share of problems and delays. But, I mean, really, it is this guy's fuckery that actually causes the whole disaster to occur. If he had accurate information or no information, that would have been far better for these people. Absolutely. 100%. He completely fucked them. He convinced them that they should take this shortcut. I believe it's known as like Hastings Pass. He convinces them that they can take this shortcut instead of like the established trail to california which they, they want to do because they're late right they should take this shortcut which will be significant it'll save them like 200 miles or something like that sounds pretty good i mean and especially when it's two i mean 200 miles that was like days and days oh That's yeah weeks. i mean i'm assuming that you know pushing it they get 20 miles a day average is about 10 miles a day uphill I mean, what is that? I it's mean, even less. Yeah, and like five, I said, there's the whole a day. repairs, taking shit apart. I mean, go around obstacles. These were not well-established roads. No, no, no. It wasn't a fucking this is brand new system. territory. Yeah. So they're like, yeah, let's go and do Hastings thing. Now, Hastings himself, he basically just, I don't know, like looked at a map and was like, oh, maybe this would be a good shortcut. It would be a lot shorter if we could just go this way. Right. But he had say you can. He hadn't actually... Even tried the route himself. Yeah. So like, he didn't actually know. He nobody did not, had. He nobody didn't have had. feet on the ground. There was somebody else that was there that had kind of was telling him, like, no, this isn't a good idea. Like somebody who had actual experience in the area and wasn't like some, you know, fuckwad trying to make a quick buck, make a quick buck and convince them. There's actually another guy that was like pushing it because I think if they, where they were at, or the first place that they would get to once they got to California would be like something that he owned, like his trading post or something. And so he wanted like the extra traffic because everyone was going this other way. And oh, so they like miss him. Yeah. So but basically, if, he went, if they went the, the guy that the way that this guy said, they would be right in the area of all of his little fort and store and totally. supplies. And it was just like, well, this could get me some business I'm badly needing. That'd be great if that actually worked out. Let's find out. Some right. Like, why don't we people. just try and, and, and we'll just uh, we'll just tell these people that it works because these 12 adults and 450 children. Oh, my God. Or whatever. It, <laughs> God damn. The highest percentage of the party was actually children. Yeah. There was more children than there were adults. That yeah. is for sure. And like you were saying, 20 miles a day, maybe 10, all these Holdups and repairs. It's also after you've already been traveling 1,500 miles. Yeah, you're fucking tired. You're tired. Your animals are tired, depleted. You're, like, really low on your, like, 
food supplies. There was only so much they could get wherever they last were. I mean, they were. Yeah. You didn't have places. There were no supermarkets. It was the shortest was, part of their journey, but it was going to be the hardest. It was like that last it's push. It's the fucking was, mountains. It's I the mean, mountains. There's no other mountains you have to go over, I don't think, really. No, because you're you're coming from the Midwest, and it's yeah. like, it's really flat. Pretty fucking and flat. If you avoid, like, the parts in Colorado and stuff, and you go through, like, the desert, like Utah and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. Just kind of... You can avoid any any big mountains, but you get to, what are they? It's the Cascades, right? Yeah, the Sierra yeah. Nevada. Oh, the Sierra uh, Nevada. But I think it's part of the Cascade Mountain Range. I believe so, because, because the mountains here go all the way down. Yeah, it's, like, all the way down, so... It is part of the Cascade Mountain Range. It's a hell of a mountain range. It is one hell of a mountain range. It's one hell of a gorgeous mountain range. I, it is, I love yes. the Cascade Mountains. Hastings, instead of like leading these people, even, he doesn't like stay around the group. Maybe he did for a little bit, but then it was like realized like it was just going to be total a shit fuckery. Show. Yeah. So he starts riding ahead separate from him because he doesn't want to get like lynched by this yeah. party of like 80 odd people that decide to, to follow him in his, in his shortcuts. Right. Air quotes. So he starts riding further and further ahead, and he's just leaving them notes behind, like, stuck on a tree on, like, like where to go to next. Eventually, like, you can't even see him. He's, like, that far ahead of him. Right, right. Well, it's easy. If he's just riding. Right, just alone. It's way easier. Way Much yeah, faster. Yeah, much, much faster. faster. And then all these, any obstacles a single man and a horse can get pretty, can pretty much get around. But a whole wagon part, a whole no, wagon train? No. no. So it was a disaster, and it took forever. Instead of saving them any time, it just, it took way more time yeah. than it should have. It, like, doubled their time, I think. It took them, like, two months to, like, get over that part that was supposed to, was be... supposed to have been a shortcut. Yeah. And, then, and then you're still not even there. Then you're just still, you're just back on, you're just back on, like, track or something like that. Yeah, you're like, back on, on the, you the main even, like, trail. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. He's which still, is still in still, the fucking mountains. Which is still in the mountains, and you, you haven't even come close to reaching there that yet. You just had to, like, spend two months getting your wagons through these giant, like, impassable places, and it's hot, and there's no grass to feed your cattle. By the time they got, like, through the the shortcut, um, so many of their cattle had died. A lot of them had to have had, they had to abandon their wagons. Yeah, because they just didn't have anything to pull it. And... No food. They're just in ragged as fuck shape. All these fucking hungry ass kids. And you know their parents oh are God. like yeah. starving worse than they are because they're parents. Mm -hmm. Although maybe if they had seven kids, they care less because they're like, ah, you got seven of you. So they had been delayed by a month. It took two months to get through, but the the regular not shortcut route, it would have taken a month. Taken a month. Yeah, yeah. So, so it delayed them by a month. It took them, yeah. Twice the amount of time mm -hmm. for less miles. And probably cost them more supplies and, yeah. and animals, too, because it was so hard to navigate that their shit just got lost and broken and everything all over the place. It was it was a fucking clusterfuck. Now, one of the main guys, Reed, he gets banished from the group. Oh, yeah? Was he just a dick? Or? Well, maybe a little bit. Maybe people kind of resented that, like, he had more money, so he was kind of like took charge, and oh, and he right. was one of the ones that really like liked fucking Hastings' plans. Oh, it was like, no, like let's let's go this way. This seems legit. And I, I mean, see. I mean, how else are you? How do you know? You don't. 
you can only like trust like maybe like five people that know this where you're going in the first fucking place. Yeah, I mean, I mean that's how limited the information 1846, is. 1846. Yeah, said. yeah. A, there was no, there was not information. It was not easy to get information back no. and forth. I mean, I believe they probably had telegraph lines, but maybe probably not probably out there. Not out that far. And I if mean, so, they were few and California. Far California wasn't even a state yet. It was still yeah. part of Mexico. That's going to come into play in a minute. Yeah, in a bit. And I think the Mormons had moved to Utah at this point. Yes. Which was, was very dangerous going through Utah mm-hmm. with a bunch of Mormons who were like, we don't want you here, and so we're <laughs> going to shoot you. <laughs> well, there was no, like, as far as I know, they didn't have any problems with the with the Mormons, but they were definitely in, in bad shape, and they, and this guy, Reed, killed, I think, one a guy that, like, worked for him. But he was kind of popular with the other oh. people, and it, it seemed like over something like really petty. Yeah, like the book says exactly what it is. I just I can't remember offhand right now what it was, but it was it was something really stupid. And a lot of the members of the party, like the the men leader members, wanted to hang him. Oh shit! But then other ones were just like, dude. I can't like hang him in front of his wife and kids. Right, right. Like we're out in the middle of nowhere. This is this the whole journey, especially the last two months, has just been like awful. Probably totally fucking. I'm awful. sure it's just been shit. Nobody could wash. Nobody. I mean, just just fucked since Jump Street. Yes, yes. So they were just like, all right, this this will be the the sentence that's handed down. Then is banishment. He's yeah, banished from the group, and they figured probably he would die on his own. Yeah, but they wouldn't have to be the ones to do it, and yeah. So they just have him like walk a mile behind. No, he had to like leave. You know, they they had stopped for the day, and he had to get on his horse and like leave. Oh, keep going or yeah, whatever. You, you just get on your horse and get on out of here. I see. You know, he. I think probably like his uh, one of his kids like slipped him some stuff in his pocket. Like he couldn't take anything. Yeah. You go on, get. Yeah. Banishment. Rocks at him. Yeah. Banishment. That's 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 old school hardcore. Yeah. Like, nobody gets banished anymore. No I mean, I guess I you mean, get like 86 from certain places. Right. If you... <laughs> you can get blacklisted from bars, but. Right. Yeah, there's not I m- think a our lot friend Joey's still not allowed at the horseshoe. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Oh, yeah. He was banned hardcore from that place. I've never been inside that place before. Oh, uh, I have. It's, you know. A bar. It is. <laughs> not going any anytime. No, because it's closed the fuck down yeah. along with all the other bars. I'm surprised that, like, there's still alcohol on the shelves. How do you think? How long do you think that's going to last? Oh, a long time. Yeah. Oh, there's still deliveries happening. There's still people making booze. I guess that's it's, true. It's I mean, just, it's not a snowstorm. It's not. It's just. It's just weird. You know, you think that that would be hotter than the toilet paper. You still can't find fucking toilet paper. I know they're still making it in parts of the world and getting deliveries, but you can't fucking find that on the shelves or nothing. You can in some places. Maybe a little bit here and there, but it's getting but, scarce, uh, the, and they're the, limiting everything. The weed and the alcohol is doing really good. When I went to the weed store the other day, we had to stand in a line outside oh. because they didn't want that many people in the store. Which, well, that's wise because you don't you don't want to give anybody a reason to shut you down. True. You want to probably try and stay in business as long as you can. Yeah, definitely. Everybody does, but unfortunately, not the bars. No, well, and that's and that's simply because it's people close together. Mm-hmm. Yep. And we can't have any of that going on. Nope. <laughs> I have to sleep six feet away from my girlfriend. There's an armed guard making sure. Yes. That's me and my true. me and my children like 
maintained like the the safe distance rules the six feet the six feet yeah at all at all times i can i can tell you that much that's completely not true (laughs) (laughs) i don't think my kids have ever been like six feet away from me like ever you know if we're in close proximity yeah yes it's all or nothing he was banished and then after his banishment he rose he rides off on his horse they continue on like they gotta make this last push now now they gotta get over the mountain pass it's already like late september and time is a ticking yeah they need to get to where they're going before it snows and these are big mountains i mean you're that's a lot snow happens early it the does. higher up you go it does now they have been assured that snow was actually not going to start to like mid-november so by the time they kind of they finally get themselves up the pass which is like totally challenging just like everything else oh yeah about I mean, the trip but i mean even more so and you're at the very end of it you got nothing all this bad luck you finally make it up into the mountains it's october 20th and everyone is just finally having a rest after this horrible push to get up there in the first place. They're at this place called Truckee Lake, and it's kind of lush and nice, and it's just like, oh. They're out of the desert, because up until the point that they started actually climbing the mountains, it was like a fucking barren-ass desert. So finally they're getting some grass. Some grass. It's, there's it, some wa- some fresh water. I mean, the water was just all, like, nasty and yeah. alkaline. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you can imagine, you can't, like, give it to your animals, and it's just all dry. It's awful. Yeah. Finally get into this nice kind of lush paradise mountain valley. And so they're just like, yeah, we need to fucking rest for a day or two. Because, I mean. You got to rest. You have to. Yeah. That's hard. fucking what I would do. Yeah, no shit. I fucking like finally it's like, oh, this valley of grass and this lake and, and feed my animals. And yeah, fuck yeah. Now, right before going up, after they had banished Reed. They sent three other men out just on horseback because they realized that, well, what if we get stuck? What if we run out of food? We we yeah. might not be able to do this. So they sent three men ahead just to, to go out and re- to go re- to the reconnoiter. fort that's over on the other side of the pass to get supplies and bring it back oh, to them. Oh, I see. Yeah, it's like come and meet us so that way if like something fucked up happens and we're stuck somewhere we can get more yeah three dudes food. on horse can move a lot faster than right and you can get a, you can get some provisions oxen. to us yeah. yeah just to make sure we actually get over and make it through this thing sort of like when you go into a national forest and you text me and tell me that you're gonna go in mm-hmm. and then you come out and you text me and say that you're coming out mm-hmm. similar to that to sending three guys on horses to make sure that you know everything's on the up and up right and you know this would uh, maybe this would apply even more if i texted you that i was gonna go into the woods like hey could you pick up some food and just start bringing it down this way yeah yeah <laughs> if you were on one side of the cascades and i was on the other right. we're gonna be halfway with sandwiches right yeah but in case i made it all the way before you then i'd be like oh i, I made it so but i still want the fucking sandwiches I, yeah i would still want the sandwiches i make a good sandwich but but it would be even if i even if i was confident i could probably make it over without the it's sand- like I could wait for the sandwich. Yeah. Like I had enough time to spare that I wouldn't be that hungry when I made it to the other side. But still, you want to 
those sandwiches just in case. Just in case. It's insurance. Just in it's, case you don't. It's a smart yeah. thing to do. And it was a smart thing Especially to do. because they had spent two months being fucked. Mm-hmm. Like, it was smart. Smart. It was definitely smart. Yeah. Well, they get to this lush valley. They're resting. And one of them comes back. This guy, Charles Stanton, comes back. And he's with two natives, two Native Americans. They were from the Miwok tribe, M-I-W-O-K. And they're known as Luis and Salvador. Very, very common Native American names. <laughs> well, you got to think California was it was Mexican land. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. Mexico. I mean, like the Native Americans, it was their land technically. Right, but right. Mexico had taken it over before the, the white people came along and really fucked them up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So before was... the white people came and fucked them up, the Mexicans were, you know. Or the Spanish. Totally subjugating whatever. them. Well, starting with the Spanish, and then I don't I don't know the exact details, but yeah. The whole... They were being subjugated before being subjugated by white people after we won the Mexican-American War. The and... whole of the 1800s was a really fucking crazy time for all of South and Central America, because that's basically when they were having all of their revolutions and shit. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was a wild time. And it was a wild time in America. We were having lots of It was a wild time in America, too, yeah. Ourselves. So Charles tells him, like, hey, you got to get up and we got to get moving. Like, now. There was no time to rest. He had some provisions with him, but not a whole lot. Yeah. And it was like, okay, everybody up and let's let's get going. But, I mean, everybody was just in such, like, they were just really weak. And not in in good shape at all. Yeah, and so it was and hard. They, they couldn't and just they up start, and go. They start getting up and going, and that's when it starts snowing. <sighs> and they, it's one of those things where I mean, it was fine the day before there was yeah. no snow, and like the next day, it starts snowing, and they leave. And instead of just like lightly snowing and whatever, it just dumps. It's fucking dumping. Dumping. So by the time they had set off, and by the time that. They got like a certain amount. Of, it was starting to be like, you know, seven, eight, ten feet snowdrifts, ten foot snowdrifts. Yeah. Mm hmm. That's not great. 1.5 to 3 meters. That's yeah. not great because, again, these wagons have wooden wheels. There mm-hmm. is no traction as far as I'm aware. No, and no traction so at all. So you're just using, and they sp- were down to not even that many, anyways. But still, still, they were trying. It, walking it, through that shit is not great. Yeah, walking through it, no. And especially if they don't work. have shoes, that's even worse. Within like a day of traveling, it was just all of a sudden like we're not going anywhere. We should go back to the lake because there was like a little makeshift cabin from like some people who had gone oh, over right. before. Yeah. And I think one of the families grabbed that. I mean, there was there ended up being like three cabins, a lean to, a couple, and then down like five miles down from the lake, they they made some like makeshift tents and stuff because they were kind of spread out. Yeah, they're they're there and it the was one... basically where they they went as far as they could, and where they stopped is where they started making their little forts. Well, they kind of they went back. They spent a day yeah. going back to the lake because it's like let's be near the water. Just which Just is smart, cause. yeah, yeah. But I mean, like but, on their and, way, and back, there was the makeshift cabin. Yeah, it was on their way back, and they pretty much just went. Like they they were going as back as far as the lake. Right. They they, they went out didn't... and realized they couldn't go any further, yeah. so they went back to the lake. 
And they didn't, but they didn't all make it back to the lake, did they? Didn't they? They made it all back. Oh, to did the they lake. all make it back? Oh, okay. They did all make it back to the lake. The only ones that were kind of separate were the, it was the Donners themselves, and they were about five miles away. I don't know if it was like close, further or close. I feel like it was just like, it was like down from them. It wasn't right. really, they weren't five miles closer to the trail to go. Yeah, over. yeah, just five miles away from the main mm-hmm. the main party. from the main camp and they had the tents and then there was three cabins where it was like a fuckload of families like all were in these three cabins yeah it was like 82 people i believe the more people the warmer it is the filthier it is yeah the less there is to eat that's true they had not i mean their their food supplies were totally depleted at that time and charles Stanton hadn't brought all that much with him because yeah. he thought he was just going to get him over the pass. Yeah, you know, didn't... like I brought a little with me what I could carry, but you know, we got to get up and get over this pass and then we'll have food. Yeah. But now they're not fucking going any fucking way. Now they're just right there. Now they're just right there. And in, in winter has is, is only beginning. Yep. It's only beginning. So first thing they have to do is like kill all their cattle, like whatever yep. dies now, they freeze in the snow and they eat all the cattle. Yeah, they're going to die anyway. And... The cattle, not that nutritious. I mean, they... Well, they're oxen. They're not cattle. It's oxen, okay. right? Okay, cattle, oxen, whatever. The cow things. Oxes are, are a completely different animal than, than, than cows. Okay, well, it wasn't... I mean, like... They may have also had cows, but... Yeah, I mean, they have, like, cattle with, like, big horn, like, the, like those... Ox, ca- oxen. Yeah, but oxen, cats. Yes. Yeah. All right. <laughs> <laughs> The things that pull the carts, the animals that pull the carts, they were really skinny at that point. Yeah, because they hadn't eaten. Right. They'd just been exercising this whole time. Not a lot of fat on them. No. If they would have had to slaughter them at the beginning of the journey, it would have been pretty nice. They would have Right. Been... But at the beginning of the journey, they had tons of meat already. And they, they didn't... didn't need to slaughter anything. Mm-mm. Yeah. Nope. But by the time they were all out and this was what was left, it wasn't a whole lot. And they'd lost a lot, too, just getting through the desert. So they already had a significant less, like, a smaller amount than they would have. It would have made it significantly easier for the settlers if America had started on the West Coast. Because <laughs> there's the big dangerous mountain range right at the beginning. Right. You just have you have to get over that part, and then it's kind of like, you know. Smooth sailing, more or less. You got some deserts. You got some, mm-hmm. some, some shit. But it's it's not at the end, after you've gone through all these other hardships, and then you have to... Then it's like the hardest thing you have to right. do. Right. Yeah. It's like the hardest part is right at the end, the worst when you're the most run down and And when you've got to be there on certain I mean, mm-hmm. to get over the mountains, you got you can't do it in the winter. Yeah, there's so only a small window of time. It'd be significantly easier be like, if you could yeah. leave in like, you know, May mm-hmm. and you're over the mountains by, you know, July or whatever. And Yeah, know, well June. the I think the cutoff was it was like the last day of April, like the first day of May, and I don't think they left until like mid mid May, like yeah, it was mid to late May. They were about a month behind, and then they got a month behind because of that fuckwad. Yep, Hastings. Hastings, that piece of shit. Once the the stringy oxen are eaten, they eat all their dogs. That was really been sad. Sucks. That must have been sad, and it just must. I just feel like dog would be so gross. I don't know, and it's and it's your friend too. It's that's like, what I would. I mean, it's the emotional bond. Yeah, I couldn't eat cat. 
I mean, I suppose if I really had to, but oh my God. I mean, just knowing it was a cat. I could eat a lot. I mean, when you're starving. When you're starving, it's different. I it's couldn't, just that. I don't, I, I, I literally don't think I could eat our, our cats. I don't think I could eat our cats. Right. I think if I had to eat a cat, it would definitely need to be somebody else's. Well, that's what happens when you start having to like make those really difficult eating choices. Yeah. It's like, like well, when you have to start eating people too, as it, yeah, as it starts to happen here, that was one of the things that people tried to make sure that you were eating like one of your dead relatives. Yeah. 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 You know, that, that famine in China, we'll, we'll hopefully do some more on that, but. People would like trade kids, like so you didn't have to like eat your own kid. I mean, yeah, I can. That's fucked up. So that would probably be the same with pets. It's like, okay, I'll eat your animal, and you eat mine. Yeah, you eat mine. Or Although maybe... maybe at the time, I think maybe I mean dogs were they were your dog, but it was they they had a purpose too. They had a job too. I feel so. like it was probably. I, I mean, I'm sure that people have always felt kinship with with dogs, mm-hmm. but I feel like it's less so than now. They were less a part of the family. In the way they are like a child, they they were more a part of the family, as in they pulled their weight. Exactly, they had a they had a role to fill, and, and a if that role to, to fill was in a role like, in your now, belly, then now I gotta eat you. Yeah. Sorry, sorry, old yeller. Yep. I hope you don't actually have rabies, because because that, <laughs> that would not be good. No. Although I don't know, I mean, rabies is a pretty awful way to die, but it's quicker than starvation. Yes. Like a lot of things are, you can actually starve to death for a long, long time as long as you have water. Yeah, you can and suffer you are and fairly starve protected from and, the elements. Yeah, you, it it takes a long time before you actually starve to death, and that's yeah. awful. Yep. And then recovery is also long and painful. So mm-hmm. try not to starve to death. Yeah. And the upcoming that's apocalypse. Gonna- <laughs> make sure that's what you I'm going to be doing. I'm going to be trying not to starve to death. You got a bow and arrow. I'll hunt squirrels. There you go. There's still deer in the forest near my house. Yeah, yeah. They're all kind of diseased looking, though. I mean, but again, I, I would t- I'll take that over at the fucking cat any day. Right. <laughs> you got a lot of bunnies. That is an excellent point. We do have a lot of bunnies. Can definitely start getting quick with, with shooting them if it had to, I guess. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Set some traps. There yep. you go. Just need some bunny traps. That's right. Snares. Need some snares. Thanks for the tip. You know, not things we have to think about often. <laughs> and hopefully won't really yes, seriously yes. have to do that. Like back in the day here where, yeah, you had to kill your pets. You didn't have a whole, it's winter in the mountaintop. There's not a whole lot of game yeah, around. No, no. Most things are either that live up there, either hibernate or they go away from there right. for the winter. One of them, William Eddy, I believe, uh, managed to kill a bear. And wow. so they were able to, to eat off that. But I mean, it's tons of people. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's tons of people. It wasn't enough. It didn't hardly last. I mean, bears so, are big, but there's over 80 people. Right. They've eaten the bear. They've eaten the cattle. They've eaten their own pets. They start eating like the the shoe leather, yeah, boiling leather, boiling anything leather, like harnesses for the uh, for the horses, uh-huh. anything, everything, shoes, all of it. Yes, yes. They start doing all that. They also take the bones of the the cattle and they just boil them for days on end until like it makes this like paste. Yeah, it's like bone paste that you. Eight. 
I can't imagine what that was like. Probably better than the shoes. Could be, because at least it was still, it hadn't been like treated, I guess, like leather is. And also it is, I mean, it probably tasted fine because it was just meat. More but or there's less. no nothing to to flavor it at marrow? all. Marrow. It's just a little bit of salt. Marrow, but yeah, there's just nothing with it. And I yeah. don't know. It, it probably wasn't bone paste. Just seems like mm. it probably wasn't pleasant at very. I don't at think all, it really. was. Otherwise, they wouldn't have gotten drawn into such detail about yeah eating the bone paste. And then they had like kind of like rawhide roofs on their little cabins that they made. Yeah, and they started like you know scraping those and. Throwing it in the paste. Just for... At that point, something had to be done. Otherwise, they were going to just... This is how they were going to die. Yeah. It was the end of December when a group of 15 of them decided it's time to just get over the pass and get some help. Yeah. Or die trying. Yeah. No going back. Like, there had been groups before that over the last couple months that had gone out and then come back after a few days because it was just... Too hard. They couldn't get through. Yeah. But... A whole big group of them was just like, we just fucking have to do it. Yeah, they'll they're There's willing to no other choice. The, yeah, I mean, everyone's gonna if die we don't, if, they if we don't can't try. make it. We're not coming back because then that's just more mouths to feed. It's more mouths to feed. That's they're just gonna starve to death back at the camp that much quicker because we're eating the food too. So yeah, yeah, that's their definitely. only. That's it's, their it's, only chance. It's noble. Mm-hmm. It's it's. I would definitely be one that would want to go out and try and do something. I wouldn't want to just sit there and. Yeah. That's what would kill me. Well, I mean, the starvation would kill me the most, but (laughs) that's what would be the hardest thing mentally, I think, would be like the the inability to actually affect anything. Yeah. Yeah. There's nothing you can affect. You can't do anything. But then a lot of the ones that stayed behind were like the mothers and like needing to take care of the children. So. Yeah, but I mean anything. But besides... not having the control, like you're, you're just hoping that yeah, these I mean, other people can can do something. That I don't might mean get like the like there's nothing to do because right. obviously no. there's, there's stuff to do. But I I mean nothing proactive to yeah. to remedy the situation. Right, you as just as have to stay to behind with the children, and keeping people alive, mm-hmm. and, and that's also a very noble thing and hard to do. But it's I would rather risk death in action then mm-hmm. definitely die in inaction right just kind of being left behind and, yeah yeah and never knowing like at least if you're out doing the action you know yeah like, either i'm making it or i'm not exactly like <laughs> and it's it's you're if not you just don't sitting make it, you're not just sitting there waiting yeah if you don't endlessly. make it it's going to be a lot of a, a quicker death mm-hmm. so i can i know. can see i can see that one of the reasons they were able to do this was because Franklin Graves, the patriarch of the Graves family, he made snowshoes. Mm. So he made it snowshoes out of, you know, some of the hides. The, right, right. The yeah. cow hide and... Some branches. Some branches, and he knew how to weave them. Pretty handy. Yeah. They all had snowshoes, and like I said, they were just like, okay, ride or die time. Right. Don't have to go home, but we can't stay here. Definitely not. The group would later be known as the Forlorn Hope. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sounds like an emo band. It does. It does, doesn't it? So it was five women. It was Sarah Graves Fosdick and her sister, Marianne Graves. It was Amanda McCutcheon, Sarah Foster, and Harriet Pike. 
There was one child still, like 12-year-old boy. His name was his name was Lemuel Murphy. Lemuel Murphy. Lemuel. That's a weird name. Or Lemuel. I don't know. You don't hear that name much. No. <laughs> or I've never I've never heard it, so. And then there were nine men in the group. It, that was Charles Stanton, like the one guy who actually knew how to get back over, who yeah. had done it yeah, yeah. ahead of them. Makes sense he would be the one to go, be like, right, this is how we get right. out. And his, the Native Americans that came with him, Luis and Salvador. Yeah. Also a guy named Antonio, who was like some kind of, you know, one of the workers for one of the families. Yeah, yeah. Franklin Graves, guy who made the uh, snowshoes. William Eddy, William Foster, Patrick Dolan, and Jay Fosdick, who was... Uh, Franklin's son-in-law and Sarah's husband. Yes. Well, the first one to fall behind on their journey. And I mean, if you can imagine this, they don't have any tents. They don't have any North Face down coats, you know, and uh, like light layers that cost like a hundred bucks a piece. No, they they have... If they're, if they're warm, it's heavy. Yeah, they have like heavy woolen shawls and layers of clothing. I'm sure they just put layers upon layers of clothing and stockings. The women, the women have got fucking just ridiculous amount of leg coverings. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. No pants. I pro- maybe at that point they probably put pants on under maybe, their skirts. Maybe because it's cold as shit. Yeah, it's cold as shit. So, yeah, you don't have all these nice, like, self-insulating clothes that are made of nylon. And yeah, other- <laughs> no. You've got, you've got natural Fibers materials. like that, yeah. All natural materials, maybe not a lot of it at that point, and it is fucking cold as fuck. And you're talking about snow. And wet. Waist high. Yep. You've got your snowshoes on, but it still sinks down a fair amount. They were saying it probably was about, like, two feet with, like, the snowshoes on you, so you still had to, like, lug one shoe up. And like I mean, it that was, was slow not going. easy. It was not it easy was at not all. Not easy. And and you had to use like a flint rock to make a fire at night. Yep. And also not easy. Also not easy. And also they had like no food with them. They just make. They tried to leave as much as possible. Yeah, back they in didn't the want to be a burden. Yeah. Not a lot of game. Nope. Again, you're still up in the mountain peaks. There's not yep. anything around. If you're a fox, you can find a rodent. But if you're a human. You don't have that sort of anything, Mm -mm. hearing, smell, vision, none of that. Nope. Wouldn't you know the first guy to die is Charles Stanton? Of course it is. Yes. The man with the master plan. The man who knows the way. The man, yeah. Now, the the native guides that he had with him, I think they'd only made the journey kind of just the one time, and they weren't really, they didn't really know the way. Yeah, yeah. They kind of had followed him, and, you know, for whatever reason, just, didn't pay that much attention. They weren't a hundred percent on how to get back. It was Charles who knew. Well, another thing is that when they walked up there, there was no snow. Right, <laughs> right, because they got there before it started snowing. Yeah. They were trying to get him like, no, come on, now, now. Now the time landscape to, looks time to vastly leave. different. Vastly different. After Charles dies, obviously they start getting lost and getting off the trail. They make yeah. one really huge, drastic mistake, which will actually. It's like another Hastings shortcut Ugh, is what happens because they missed this. They, they could have gone one way they went the up this way, way and they went the complete wrong way. And it takes days to, to 
recover that. Oh, yeah. And I don't even think that they knew that they made a wrong turn. Right. It's the thing. They just keep going in the harder direction, the harder, longer direction to where they're trying to. Don't fucking know. Yeah, because no, no clues. There's no maps. There's no No, nothing. Yeah, no. Nothing. I don't even know, like, what direction is north. They probably knew that, but that was probably. I could figure it out. I could figure it out. After days without food, one of the members, Patrick Dolan, said that maybe one of them should volunteer to die to feed the others. Yeah. Because, I I mean, I guess there's, like, a formula to how this works. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So they all, like, drew, like, straws, which was, like, drying twigs. Yep. And when you know, it was, it was. The guy, it was Patrick Dolan who was got the, the short stick. Now, did they draw someone to be the killer, too? No. 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 Not that I know of, at least. Yeah, yeah. But it doesn't say anything about that. Anyways, the other guys in the group, they're like, you know what? Maybe let's not. One of the guys, William Eddy, he's like, you know what? Probably one of us is just going to die naturally anyways. They had left Charles Stanton where he was because at the, that time they weren't hopelessly lost. Yeah. They thought it was going to, you know, not be as long. At this point, they probably know that this probably isn't the way, but they really don't know how to. What are you going to do? Yeah. Uh, they got themselves reach, like way down in a canyon. You reach a and certain then we're gonna have to, like, point get back out, and you and can't just, turn around. Yeah. There's a point of no return. Exactly. Yeah. So his body been left behind, but it's like probably pretty quick here. Somebody else is going to die. Why don't we just wait for that? Yeah. That sounds... Like a much less mm-hmm. let's uh, let's not uh, kill anyone. morally. That's an easier way right. to go. Let's, I just, would, let's just wait for some, one of us to die, which that's probably not going to be too long before that happens. I would honestly be way more down with eating someone than actually having to kill somebody. Oh yeah, especially if the reason I was killing them wasn't because they were trying to kill me. It was because like if the, someone to eat them. Yeah, if someone was trying to kill me, if I was in a fight for my life and I killed someone. I would be like, well, I had to. They were trying to kill me. I had no choice. If I was just hungry, well, I could have gone a little while longer, you know? And especially Mm -hmm. because when someone's like, no, just go ahead and kill me. It's like, how do you do that? I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I hope I don't have to know. I don't want to know. I don't want to know ever. Night falls and Antonio is actually the first to die, along with Franklin Graves. And when he dies, I guess he tells, like, Marianne and Sarah, his two daughters that are with him, and he's like, if you have to, just eat me once I'm dead. Because you guys got to get on. You have to make it out of here and get help for your mother and your... This is all for nothing if you don't make it. exactly. You have to help your mother and you have to help your younger siblings. But I think they left, like, six behind, the mom and six younger siblings, so... Did you pick up on the fact that a whole bunch of people in your, in, in this story, the last name is Graves, and there was a person in my story whose last name was, was Coffin? I actually did not pick that up. <laughs> when I first was reading the story, it was like, oh, Graves, huh? I'm like, hmm, yeah, that's I, not very cheery, but gosh. Yeah, just a thing I noticed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I wonder how many last names actually come from something kind of fucked up like that. Yeah. Like, how did you get the, how did Graves become somebody's last name? Maybe someone was a grave digger. Or a coffin. Yeah. You know. Coffin maker, you know? <laughs> Who knows? Well, they didn't need him quite yet. I mean, he dies and everyone's just all like, whoa, and it's yeah, fucked up. And I then, mean, and then Patrick Dolan, the guy who was chosen to originally die, 
just loses his shit. Maybe the stress of the fact that he almost got eaten first and then two people just died. And it was yeah. just like, oh man, like if they, like, just like yesterday or the day before, I was saying to murder me for food. And yeah, yeah. Like that, that's just fucked up. And I don't know. He, he begins to do the paradoxical undressing. Oh, yeah. There's a blizzard. There's a fucking blizzard. And he's stripping They're off They're hunkered down because there's a fucking blizzard going on and he just strips naked and runs screaming into the blizzard. Huh. Now, unbelievably, he actually makes it back. At this point, they are, like, laying, and they've, like, done some sort of, like, you know when you have, like, the, when you're in PE and you have that parachute thing, you all, like, grabbed yeah. onto it, and then you filled it up with air and kind of went underneath? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They did something, it describes it well in the book. I'm not sure I could actually, you know. Do it justice. Yeah, I can't, uh. I can't describe it that well and actually give you an idea, but it's something sort of along those lines. It's not exactly that, but they did take a, there was, they had a center person and then like everyone touched like feet in a circle and then they used the blankets in some way to where they were, I think they were all kind of underneath it like that. Oh, okay. Yeah. Parachute thing. And so they could kind of trap some air underneath it and that mm-hmm. the body heat would warm it up. And since their feet are touching yeah. their feet, they're giving, you, you lose they're a lot of it. But they're still that center person that's. Yeah, because you lose a lot of, right. of of heat through your feet. So if all your feet are kind of together, you're mm-hmm. harnessing that. Yeah, I definitely can't, you know, replicate. It probably smelled like, amazing. Exact, no, that's another thing. They were talking, you know, everyone just stinking and in their own filth. I mean, you already stink. Yeah, you already stink. Because it was the 1800s and everyone was disgusting. Right. That was the only thing that bothered me just a tiny bit about the book was he kind of like got a little, it seemed like he was a little hung up on like women stink. Yeah. Because it was like, yeah, everyone smelled like, old sweat and like urine and feces and stuff and he's like in menstrual blood and yeast infections and it's like yes okay vaginas stink we get it unwashed you know those pussy stinks really bad when you don't yeah hard you can't maintain it at all yeah hard to deal with this this the the hair situation the hair situation but he never said anything about like how like old sweaty balls like smelled like this balls Seems to me like there would be a ball smell at some point. Not, no, yeah, maybe definitely. not as overpowering it's, as the, the lady smell. The thing is that smell, it's just but... not like uh, you—you got your whole body producing smells, and mm-hmm. vaginas are significantly more complicated than testicles. Yes, they and are. So there's going to be a lot more going on down there, and also women are wearing way more clothes because they've got mm-hmm. all the petticoats and all the layers and all that stuff. So they're probably super fucking sweaty. And oh my god, those poor women in the 1800s—they they weren't even allowed to be comfortable. No, anyway, it was like, no. no, too hot, too bad. Yeah, you wear your long sleeves and your fucking dress to your feet. Tall necks. And your tall necks. And your fucking hats and your hair that goes down past because, your feet. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Because you're a fucking woman and you better be controlled by us and Although it wasn't, made to I feel mean, shame about yourself. And, it wasn't that much better yeah. for men because you were expected to be wearing your long pants mm-hmm. and your jacket and your vest and all that stuff. But Not at least you could bad. wear fucking pants, you know? Yeah, definitely. I mean, you know how much how different it is to maneuver through life wearing pants versus wearing like a long ass fucking skirt. I am sure. It's I mean, like, I haven't actually worn a long ass skirt, like, but complicated undergarments and yeah, whatever. Way easier with pants. Yeah. Yeah. Well, anyway, they're in they're in the whole blanket fort thing. Yes. Patrick Dolan comes back and they manage to grab him and like throw him inside their like grab his weird stinky naked yeah. ass and toss it under. toss him in there with like the rest of the group and he dies 
He does die shortly after. He didn't. I'm amazed he didn't die naked in the blizzard, but not too <laughs> yeah. much longer after he gets back, he he's dead. At this point, they start cutting up the bodies because they they just got nothing left. What the fuck are you gonna do? It's it's blizzarding. Who knows how much longer you have of your journey? So they start like cooking everyone, and he gets really graphic. The guy who re- wrote the book gets really graphic about how they ate the different parts. All right, because. I always thought, like, man, I would just, like, cook a leg and just... Yeah, like, ass, leg, arms. You'd eat some meat, like, some muscle meat or something like that. But actually, they cut out the the organs first. They, like, disemboweled them and stuff. And they would, like, they put, like, their heart and their spleen and their liver on, like, sharpened sticks and put it over the fire and ate that first. You see, the thing is, is that people in that time were used to having to kill their their meat. Right. And then and so eating those they actually parts first. they actually knew how to properly do that and not to waste it because wasting it, especially in this case, is death. And so those probably part those parts are probably very f- full of like oh yeah stuff liver they need. Liver for sure. Like you nutrients know you roast and stuff. Yeah, some like fire roasted liver. But I wouldn't even think about that. No. In my in the limited, you know, scenarios of eating people well, thinking that's because I've done. When we go and we want to get something, when I go and buy fish at the store, I it doesn't have a head, it doesn't have skin, it doesn't have bones. Right. It doesn't have guts. It doesn't have guts. And when you go and you buy meat at the store, it doesn't you're not dealing yeah, with any of the, the it's stuff. It's just the muscle off the and I'm yeah, not dealing with can, like the heart. I mean, you can get liver and stuff, but and you can buy cow tongues and shit. But that's not the sort of thing that yeah. we go and mm-hmm. just like eat as just a society. Right. But back in the day, when you did because it was just dumb not to, like maybe the affluent and rich weren't chewing on hearts, but certainly trails. like the the you know unwashed masses. Mm-hmm. We're going through and eating hearts and livers and spleens and shit. Yeah. That's what they did. They ate everyone's hearts and livers and spleens. And too bad they didn't have any Chianti to go with it. Yeah. Yeah. It it came as kind of a shock that that was the first thing that they ate and that they did that. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, I guess it does make sense. It does. It absolutely makes sense. But I wonder if that wouldn't have thought. I just it was surprising that. And that shit probably yeah. also spoils the quickest, too. Oh, yeah, for sure. The internal organs don't yeah. totally rot. So they kind of cooked, like, then they started, like, stripping the muscle off the bodies. Yeah. And, like, cooking it and, like, kind of making, like, human beef jerky. Yeah. Like, drying it. Yeah, yeah. With all their ways of knowing how to do that, which I wouldn't know how the fuck to make. No, not at all. Anything like that. I'd be fucked if I had actually do shit like that i wouldn't know to eat the organs first no well, now probably, we do. I would actually probably, now we do now we do but before reading this i would have just i would just thrown them away yeah i would have been like ew no that's I'm that's only, on the inside yeah, gross exactly yeah, no, me too. now reading that it was like oh i guess that does make a lot of sense that's yeah. crazy so they made like um meat jerky out of the the rest of their bodies yeah which they put in their backpacks and then they continued on yeah and like I said, like Sarah and Marianne didn't have to like eat their dad. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, that's just how that went. Yeah. Well, what the fuck? What are you gonna do? The sister didn't have to eat her brother. One of the ones that died. I I didn't. I 
failed to mention that the 12 year old also died with the other three. Oh, okay. Like not long after. Well, they cooked the other three first and she tried to give him some of the meat and he wouldn't yeah. eat it. Yeah. And then he died pretty quick. But so before they ended up getting back on the road again, they'd also had butchered him. And made... that, actually, that's a, a known yeah. thing where people will simply refuse to eat something they don't like mm -hmm. or they don't think they'll like, even in situations where they will die anyways. Well, that was the situation with Salvador and Louise. They did not partake in this at all. They're kind of a little horrified no. at what oh, they Oh, I'm sure they are. I'm sure there are some serious repercussions about eating people in their culture. Oh, yeah. Big time. Yeah. Big time. Well, I'm it's sure like, it was just like, you do not eat no. other people. Like, and so they were just like, no, I'm not. No. Yeah. Like, you guys go on ahead, but I'm. we're not going to eat anybody. So for the next several days, they wander through the snow. They, they, they're going snow blind. It's just awful. There's just blizzard after blizzard. No shelter. You're just under the stink blanket at yeah. night to like keep warm. Sometimes for days at a time because they just could. They were too weak. Yeah, to it, to move. It takes so, a lot of calories to yeah to to muscle through yeah. shit like that. So I guess William Foster is one of the main guys that's leading the expedition out. He is sort of losing his shit. There's a little bit of dispute about over like was this dramatized. Right. But he's kind of pegged to be the one that is starting to go a little crazy. And yeah, and bringing other people with him, a little bit of foley adieu. Yeah, just a little bit. Now, he, he proposes to the others that maybe they should kill the Indians and eat them. The wonderful thing about racism <laughs> is that when you feel and know in your heart, no matter how wrong it is, that just because their skin color is different, that they're not actually human beings. Right. It makes it a lot easier to eat them if you have to. I guess it does, because he, he pitched the idea, but Jay Fosdick and this other guy, William Eddy, they're just like, nah, bro. Like, we're not going to kill these guys and eat them. Holy right. shit. They're trying to- We still win. have some jerky left. <laughs> right? right? Like We still have your dad in here. Ah. But I guess once you get the taste. I guess so, because, I mean- yeah. William Eddy warns Luis and Salvador, and he's like, look, you might want to... I mean, they already, I'm sure, felt a little bit uneasy every time, like, the, the white people would get together in a little secretive circle, and they're looking over at them, and then, like, you know, turning back and, like, talking some more, and there seems to be some argument. It's just like, what are they plotting over there? Right, like, what are those white people... Are they, are they talking about eating us? Like, that's... They just ate their buddies. They just ate their dad, and they're like, Kid. siblings and stuff yeah. yeah and their friends yeah so. back to what we were saying and then one of them comes again then eddie comes over and he's just like uh look guys this might be a good time for you to uh get the fuck out of here so you're on the menu <laughs> and uh run and i didn't tell you any of this yeah you didn't hear it from me but, but get the fuck out and so they just take off in the middle of the night they do they take off yeah. in the middle of the night they they make a make a quiet exit yes in the night. Yes. Shortly thereafter, Jay Fosdick, Sarah's husband, he starts falling behind. Yeah. And you know it's just not good when you just can't keep up. Nope. And rather than leave him there, she stays behind too and just keeps trying to get him going. When you read the book, you realize, I mean, it's really like the women that actually like hold all the shit together. That doesn't really surprise me at all. At home and on the expedition. Like they're the ones that are 
soldiering through all this. The, they are already used to everything being fucking shitty for them. Right. I mean, it's not awesome to be a woman Mm-mm. in the past because, like, you were – if you were lucky, you were as high as a second-class citizen. Mm-hmm. And so all of this – and the fact that all of these women probably gave birth to four or five kids with no drugs, they're some hard ass bitches. Like they're tough. Fuck. They're definitely not viewed as as tough. I think um, by the standards of the day, they're still like, oh, the the little women, you know, like they're yeah. not smart. And they, I, we have yes. to, yeah, bullshit. Uh, yeah, which is unfortunate. But when you when you read stories like this, it's just like, oh yeah, it yeah, was totally. Like, yeah, they had the guns. They were the ones who learned to hunt and they were physically, you know, stronger in in farming. But, dude. Lionesses keep Mm -hmm. the lion pack running. That is for sure. And it's very, it can be very similar in in groups of humans as well. Absolutely. Not always. I mean, (laughs) but fuck. Yeah. Unfortunately, she wasn't able to keep Jay going. And he died in the night, like they were laying together, and he he died in the middle of the night. So she gets up, and I mean, she's young. This is her. They just got married. Yeah. When they started this trip, you're in that mode of like, you know, you're all hopeful, and then this whole journey, you know, you trust your dad, and, and it's just it was his idea to, to do this, and everything seemed okay, and then it got worse and worse and worse, and now you're. Your father's just died. They just cannibalized his body. And your now. Your husband's dead. Now your husband is You're dead. You're about to fucking eat him. And that is a big deal, too, for a woman. You know, when your father dies and your husband dies and you don't have a man that. Yeah. To support you when you're out there alone as a woman. I mean, it's it's not, it's a, not great a lot thing. of jobs that no. you're able to get as a woman. No. And. That's, the that's ones a hard that were, place to be in. The ones that were really easy to get were also. Awful. Very and, dangerous. And just terrible. Yes. She catches up to the rest of the group and tells them that Jay died. And immediately William Foster, I guess, is like, okay, so can we, where is he? Because he wants to go and get his body. Yeah. And bring him back. And eat him. To eat him. Because fuck. And Sarah's just like, whatever. I can't imagine how that must have felt, like, just as they're cutting him up and... And, the, and they're going to take his heart out and like roast it on a on a stick. And knowing that you're going to eat him too. I don't. I'm not sure if she did because right when they cut him up to eat him, that's when two members of the group, so William Eddie, like the other kind of like main guy, and Sarah's sister Mary Ann, they had gone off to hunt and by like a miracle had seen a deer and were able to shoot it with their shitty ass rifles that they had at the time it was like muskets yeah it was like powder and Uh, they didn't have rifling at the time Mm -hmm. so it was a round ball coming out of a smooth shaft so it's a fucking miracle anyone ever hit anything yes much less a deer that's all quick and you know but they they saw the deer and actually managed to shoot it and bring it back to camp right as they finished like hacking up jay so i'm I'm hoping sarah had a little venison yeah instead of her husband Probably everyone had both and finished all eventually, but everyone ate everything. Yeah, eventually. everyone. Yeah, everyone ate everything. Yeah, you know it. By this time, it's day twenty-five. Out in the snow in the mountains. Fuck. Twenty-five fucking days of this. And wouldn't you believe they're plodding along, still trying to get the wherever the fuck they're trying to go? The 
fort that's on the other side of the mountains. And they find get the out native of guides, don't they? They do find the native dead guides. Dead as fuck. Or all close to dead? No, they're alive still. They're oh. alive still. They're like sitting there getting some water. And then all of a sudden, look, it's like, what's up, dudes? Oh. Yeah. I mean, like weeks later, as luck would have it, they come across the, them and William Foster's just like, nope. You two fuckers aren't getting away again. And he shoots them both and everyone eats them. Again, it's a really handy thing about racism is when you don't view other races as human, it's so much easier to eat. According to other people, Foster had been like, well, maybe we don't need all these women. Like there's five of them left. Yeah. But that's never been like absolutely proven, but that he was starting to be like, well, that like, one's not married anymore. Yeah, so. yeah, exactly. Like that one's husband just died. So I don't know. I mean, if that was really going on, maybe it was a little bit of a relief when you know, because again, racism of the times. But then they see that. So maybe that's why William Eddie didn't intervene on their behalf again or whatever. It was just like, well, maybe better that he kills these two than he starts killing the women because he can't watch him 24 7 yeah i mean apparently the guy just really lost it yeah yeah i mean so whatever who knows i i can't even i can't even imagine where the place that they're in at that at that point but yeah shoots them both and salvador and and uh, louise louise they both get shot they both get eaten and it's not just foster i mean everybody eats them oh Oh, yeah foster killed them yes but everyone everyone ate ate them. them everyone ate them i gotta say I would have eaten them too. I would have too. Yeah, I mean, not gonna lie. I'm not trying. I'm not trying to judge people that are in that situation. They suffered more for months and months than I have ever done for like one day in my life. Not like, that they were right I have to not, shoot and eat them. No, but I, I just the whole situation. Like but, I've I've never even had to experience one day that even comes close to what they yeah, experienced in for one weeks hour and months yeah. on end. Yeah. And it's just being real. I mean, like, mm-hmm. once the deed is done, what are you going to do? Well, you're going to eat them because you need, you need, you require, your body mm-hmm. n- needs those calories. Finally, on January 12th, they get to a a native village, a Miwok village. The, that was the same tribe Oof. that the, the guides belong to. Awkward. Right. I mean, it's like, I wonder if anyone ever found out about that or what, but of course, I mean, they immediately looked after them after they kind of recoiled in terror because, I mean, these they people just like shit. came stank. out of the wood. They stank. They look like skeletons. Apparently, their clothes were just like rotting off their bodies at that yeah. point. Yeah. I mean, all that time in the wet, cold snow. They were probably had to frostbite bits of them are black. People. And that one deer that one time. Yeah. Yeah. I can't even imagine. But then they realize, like, oh, my gosh. These are just people that are, like, really sick and starving. Like, and so they Let's help these people. <laughs> so they gave them some, you know, some acorns and whatever they had to eat. They shared with them. And, yeah. And they all kind of collapsed, except for a couple of them went on with. They, they somehow communicated the fact that they wanted to get to the fort. Probably just, like, drew 
It's probably the only one around. Uh, maybe, and it's you, also you draw possible it on the, that... in the sand in the ground, and they'll be like, "Oh yeah, I know that building." Well, and also, <laughs> I'm sure one. it's like, "Oh, you're white people, and there's mm-hmm. white people over here, and there's here. white people over here." Okay, yeah, you want to go to them? And I'm sure that some of them yeah. probably spoke some English. Possibly, I don't know. It's 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 fascinating to me how how did you do that? Like when you were two people that had totally different languages that you never even heard before yeah, in yeah. your life. Crazy. But we all share something, I guess. <laughs> they get him they get to him in the fort and then after resting, I think the rest of them followed or they were able to kind of go back and get them from the Native American village. There would be just seven survivors out of the original 15 a half so half a little less than half so it was as half as is reasonable it was <laughs> it was all five of the women survived right wow and then william eddie and william foster all the other men died or were and the murdered child, yeah and and the boy yeah but all the women survived so five women two men And, but women are obviously weaker, <laughs> right? The fairer, weaker sex. Yes, yes. <laughs> I'm sure. I can't imagine how that must have felt to just finally see other people, see other people, get some fucking acorns, be out of the goddamn wet and cold. Holy shit! Yeah, I mean the, and it was pretty crazy reading like the. the how the wives like at the fort just like oh my god you know and just instantly you just take them in and take care of them yeah yeah wow now they have to rescue the rest of the group yeah now there's like (laughs) fucking 65 people up there so right they left 60 people up there and it takes a while and of course they're like yes we have to go and help them yeah but it does take quite a while to get that all going. Yeah, well, it's it would be February fourth before the first rescue party gets up there. And isn't there? Ha- there isn't was the like whole four. rescue party thing a fucking clusterfuck too. It is a clusterfuck. Interesting enough, they run across Reed. You know. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that jackass is still around. Right, James Reed. They 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 see James Reed and. He knows his wife and his kids are up trapped in the mountains. And so he's actually trying to get people to, you know, big, make a big party, get supplies so they can get supplies up to them. Not yeah. only rescue them, but get them food first. At and least, then get them yeah, out of there. yeah. He only gets like three volunteers because as sh- their shitty luck would have it, it's the Mexican-American War. And most of the able-bodied oh. men are like fighting. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Fuck. He had to, like, do some sort of petition to Congress or some shit like that before he could actually get what he needed to get it, the a search party or a rescue like party. Like a garrison or fucking something. He's actually going to be part of the second relief party. In the meantime, while he's doing all that, another guy is just like, okay, come on, men, let's, let's get up there. They did have some supplies, just whatever they were able to take, and they they go up there and make it to the mountain camp. The first rescue party manages to get over what was then Fremont Pass, but now it's Donner Pass. Right. It's February 18th. They managed to to get over there and into the camp. And Mrs. Murphy, 
I believe the the mom of the twelve year old. Yeah, yeah. She comes. She just suddenly comes out of a hole in the snow. They're <laughs> just like, hey, because everything's just buried in fucking oh, yeah. snow at this yeah. point. Like, there's just tons of snow everywhere, and she just kind of pops right out and just like, what up? It's sure. like warm under the <laughs> snow, really. She says, are you men from California, or did you come from heaven? Yeah. They give out food to them just a little bit because they're in such bad shape, they're afraid it'll kill them if they yes. eat too much. Yeah, which, it which will. Is, yeah. yeah, which is totally a thing that happens. Thirteen had died in the time that since the the forlorn hope had left and summoned help and help had actually arrived because it was probably about a good six weeks. That's really not bad. But that's a long, that's a long time. And I know. Yeah, oh, I but mean, 13, yeah, 13 yeah, I mean, people dying is really not bad. Yeah. Six yeah. weeks of full on starving winter. Yeah. 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 And, and I mean, that's really, I mean, that's not bad. Mm-mm. I mean, it's not good, but it could have been a lot worse. They were just kind of stuck in the snow. I mean, you had no energy. You just kind of dug out a little bit and, you know, put them there, maybe pile a little snow on top, and there they were. Yep. And this, it's, I mean, under the snow, oh, snow is insulating. So once your body heat, it probably wasn't awful. It probably wasn't great, but got a couple people under it. Yeah. You're starving. And... Three of the rescue party, there were seven that made it to the camp. They went down down to the Donner's place because, you know, they were kind of separate from the yes. rest of the, the group. And they came back with four children and three adults of that party. George Donner, the patriarch, he had cut his hand like like day one of like being trapped of there. Of course. He, trying to chop firewood, of course. God. Cut his hand and now it was like total, like totally infected and gangrene. And oh, he's just yeah. Sick just as fuck fucking septic. And, and already and starving. So he wasn't going anywhere. And, you can't and his eat, wife stayed behind. And you can't even eat someone who's septic. No. In all... 23 of those that were had been left behind decided to go with the seven man were strong enough yeah. that they could actually that they could that they could walk out of there and that left 21 at the main camp and 12 at the lower place where the the donners were so 33 left behind fuck so like about half of them mhm they were all asking like what happened to the Obviously, like someone had made it, but they didn't. They didn't really get into detail about who lived and who died, yeah, yeah. and what happened after they died. And where are all the bodies? None of them had come back to rescue any of them because they they were recovering from frostbite back at the fort. Yeah. That's just what they told like everyone. Like everyone was there and had frostbite allegedly. Because I mean, of course, it's just going to be devastating to the families. You're trying to get yeah. them over this fucking mountain pass. They're starving. So don't give them more shit. No. Yeah. Don't don't further lessen their will to survive so it's just like yeah yeah no everyone made it just got a little frostbite they're healing up let's let's get you out of here and get you to them one of them that was in that group was peggy reed she was james reed's wife okay he's still trying to get his own rescue party together so he's not in that rescue party but she's walking out of there along with four of her kids but the younger two start Fallen behind pretty quick. Yeah, they're and she has to make it. She has to make a choice: does she go with her older kids, or does she stay behind with her younger ones? And she felt like it would be better to leave her other kids behind, take them back to the village, than to go with her 
Like she had to go with her older one. They'd been around longer. She was more attached to him. The younger ones were new. It was fine if she loses them. <laughs> or perhaps that she's just going to be another mouth to feed. She's just no, leaving. It makes more she's sense, just yeah. leaving, you know, little there, kids. Cause there's still people that are too, like half of them are still back there. Yeah. And the little kids so, aren't eating that much. So it yeah. doesn't make more sense to get the bigger bellies the fuck out of there. So as much as she might want to stay with them and just send the older two ones on, then she, then she's just one more mouth to feed. Exactly. That just lessens makes more their sense. chance for surviving until the next rescue party comes. Yeah. Yeah. Still totally sucks. She made one of the rescuers swear that he would he would bring them back. I think he actually accompanies them back to the camp. Oh, and right. She goes okay. on with her other children, and he's like, she's just like, you know, you make sure that you get them out of here, or whatever. When they're better, or you watch don't over eat them. these kids. Yeah, <laughs> don't eat them, and don't let them die. Now, on their way up, the rescue party had hidden like caches of food. So that they they wouldn't they didn't have to haul it all up oh, with yeah, them. Totally. And they could have it on the way back. Well, their first cache like got the animals got to it. Oh god damn it. It was probably fucking raccoons. I bet you anything. Probably. Because it was like hanging, so like, you know, a bear. Yeah, it was definitely it. raccoons. It was definitely raccoons. Those those fuckers They'll get into anything. They really can. I mean, they have gotten into like locked coolers, like heavily duty locked oh, yeah. coolers. Oh yeah. When I read that I was like, Oh, it's fucking raccoons. It had to be. Of course. They're cute, but they're fucking assholes. Especially if you have food that you need desperately. They will eat. And they will fucking eat it and take it. It's like, you fucking assholes. That's right. So now they have to go a stretch where they go four days without food as they're trying to get over the mountain pass. <laughs> yeah. At Just least they don't make any... They know the way this time. Yeah. They're not going to get lost. They're not going to get lost. But at some point, they realize that not everyone can keep going one of the guys dies one of the kids died ada keysburg the the daughter of the, like the wife beater guy like yep. wife beater guy is still back there but his wife is there with with her daughter and she dies and she's so upset that she won't like let go of the body she uh. keeps like holding her and and dragging her along yeah it's it's pretty fucked up that's not great they were re- it really kind of blew their mind the kids, they were like, oh, God, the kids are going to, like, starve to death. And they caught them, like, starting, they started eating their belts, like, the rescuers' belts. And they're yeah. the, pulling off, like, little fringes yeah. on their buckskins and eating them. Because they're just like, oh, no, we know the drill. You know, they we're old hand at this. Mm-hmm. We start eating the leather first. As they're finally making their descent, Peggy Reed and James Reed cross each other's paths. Like, he's finally just getting up and they run the into each other. And they run into each other. And she hasn't seen him since he was banished. Since he, they had banished him. Like, she didn't even know probably that he was alive until... She maybe, had no yeah. idea, yeah. And there you are. The two of your kids. And it's like, oh, hey. Pretty fucking crazy. Now it's time for rescue round two. James Reed continues on because he wants to get his children that got left behind. And he's got a group together. And they're... Like I said, they meet the first rescue party as they are making their descent. They're just getting up there. Reed gets reunited with his children, and March 1st is when they arrived Okay, at the camp out. The previous one had gotten there February 18th, so a couple more weeks gone by. Most everyone's still hanging on, but it, it's pretty obvious that things are disintegrating pretty fast up there. I can imagine. It's not fucking awesome being there. No, it is not. No one had actually died between the two arrivals of the search parties. But it was it was getting 
it was getting pretty grim. There was somebody who had died before that, and they they have they still have all these bodies just in the snow. And I guess one had told the other that, like, you know, hey, I'm thinking about digging up so and so, so and so, and and eating them. When they get down to the Donner campsite, they see one of the guys. It was like the teenage kid that had come along with that like young couple and their one daughter. He was just like Car- Trudeau. He was just carrying a human leg, I guess, walking around. And and when he saw them, he just kind of like tossed it like, oh, shit. <laughs> into the bushes. Yeah, well, I can imagine. <laughs> I yeah. don't have to eat this anymore. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, what's up? What's up, guys? Just like last time they round up anyone that they think can walk out of there. Yep, take them on out. Take them on out. And they were also under the impression that a yet another relief party would soon be yeah. there. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, let's not waste any time. Let's just get whoever can walk right now and leave right now. We're going. Well, of course, once the next group of them is well on their way. A fucking blizzard hits. Of course. Of course. One of the members that had been walking out there was the wife of Franklin, who had already died. So it was Elizabeth Graves. And she had two of her younger children. She had Nancy, who was eight or nine at the time. And then, like, a a toddler. And the other children, she, I think, four were still left back with you know, one of the other moms that yeah. couldn't travel yeah. at the moment. They get pinned down by this blizzard, this, you know, group of women and children who are already mostly starved to death at this point. And the rescuers are like, dude, we, we can't, they can't go on anymore. And they're like, we're just going to have to keep going. We'll try and find one of our food caches and bring it back. Or maybe before that even happens, the third group is going to come by. But... Yeah, they had to just kind of, like, ditch them there. Everyone couldn't live and take them with them. Right. For the people that were left behind, they, again, had to resort to cannibalism. They're just basically freezing and having and dying. Right. And, and they no have one to is, eat because mm-hmm. they can't leave enough food for them to survive for any amount of time. So they live like a whole tree on fire. The, the rescuers lit a whole tree on fire and, like, left them there they kind of like built out this big because i mean there's this like 15 feet of snow and they kind of do this dugout and they just light this whole fucking tree and they're like here you go we'll try and be back as soon as we can slowly people just start freezing to death including elizabeth graves (laughs) and her body ends up being cannibalized I don't think Nancy knows it at the time, like the eight or nine year old, but she ate her own mother. Right. Because, yeah. They didn't have anything else. They, they didn't, didn't have anything else. It was, it was her and a couple other people had died. And then they finally were like, okay, we have to, we have to eat the people now. Yeah. But yeah. It would, it would fuck her up for life. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. You think? Of that next group that had gone out, 11 of them were still alive when the guys came back. They had to go to town and like convince other people to come back because they still had kids back in at like the lake camp. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just like, everyone's just trying to get to everybody who, you know, they want to save as many people as they can. A lot of them still have some, I mean, they're huge families. So yeah, children and they got somebody out there that they fucking care about. Yeah. Maybe even more than one. Now this guy, 
one of the guys that they pick up. I, I, I really liked this guy. His name was John Stark. John Stark. John Stark. That's a great name. That's a great name for a badass guy. Yeah. He goes in and he personally gets like nine of these people out. Like when they come across the ones that were left at the campsite and they're just in such shitty condition, they're like, well, maybe we should just keep going up to the up to the lake camp and just leave them behind. There's there's no way. And John Stark's like, no, I'm taking I'm taking them all with me. I'm going to ta- I'm going to take him the rest of the way to safety. You guys go ahead to the These other camp. These people aren't dying. Right, exactly. Yeah. And he fucking carried like most of them were kids and he like carried them on his shoulders and took turns and he got them all out like nine children. Oh, there you go. He That's He led yeah. down the mountain. Badass. So badass. Two more relief parties would come up the mountain before everyone was finally rescued. Wow. So it took five total relief. It took par- four uh, rescue total. parties. Four total rescue total, parties. Yeah, four total rescue parties. At the end of it all, only two families remained intact, as in didn't lose their spouse and their children. Wow. Yeah, it was the Reed family. Huh. Yeah. Peggy, James, and the four kids all managed all to survive. Fine. And then the Breen family, there was the husband, wife, and seven children. They're all fine. Wow. But the Donner children, both sets of the Donner children were orphaned. Fuck. And the Graves children, what was left, like a couple of the siblings died, but Franklin and Elizabeth's children, all orphaned. Awful. Just awful. Now, the very last party that went up there, they, uh... That guy, Kiesberg, you know, the wife beater? Yeah. Yeah. Like, he had, like, a couple of bodies, like, in his... He had taken over one of the cabins, and it just seemed like there was, like, the people that, like, the dead bodies that were kind of trailing up to there. It just seemed a little suspicious, the scene. Oh, I see. A couple of the women had, like, you know, like, their heads were cracked open, like the brains had been taken out. As if they'd been murdered. Yes. And then... One of the guy's kids, like his two or three year old kid was dead in there and he was getting ready to like eat it, like to butcher him and eat him. And he's like, oh, well, he just died. Oh, yeah. He just happened to die. And I was I was yeah, I was going to eat him, but I I didn't make him be dead. I didn't I didn't kill him. Succulent little child. He just died. Yeah. Yeah. So it's been speculated that he actually murdered like maybe he, he was one of the last out. So he may have murdered other people. He might have murdered the last few people that were left behind there. And so by the time the last of them came, it was just like, what the fuck? I mean, clearly cannibalism was going on. Almost everybody in the Donner Party ended up having to do it at one point or another. Right. But But only a couple of them. revel in it. Yeah. Well, and Foster, too. I mean, obviously, he was in a dire situation. But Uh, yeah, yeah, they started getting a, a taste for it, I guess. So. Of the 87 who started up that mountain pass, 48 survived. Jesus Christ. And, I mean, when you think about it, the 40 people that died, I mean, most of them were eaten. Some of them murdered. Some of them murdered to be eaten. Wow. What a horrible, horrible ordeal. Yes. And it was, I think, maybe end of April. It was well into April by the time. So it starts in... October is when they become snowbound, like a month early. And it was actually true that that year it was the weather was extra shitty. 
They had some random, like, La Nina or El Nino year where... Everything was just fucking awful. Everything was just fucking awful That's and cold. That's great. Mm-hmm. So they were really just fucked since Jump Street. They were. I mean, they're, they're just... I guess you can look at it that it's a miracle and crazy that that many of them actually survived the ordeal. Yeah. That they didn't just all fucking die. But the shit they had to do to survive. But, oh my god. That is some crazy yeah. shit. And like I said, read that guy's book if you want. That was the most in-depth information I found on it. That is some hardcore survival shit. Well, two stories of some just shitty situations to be in. It's, one it's, stuck in the mountains and one you may well be in the mountain because you're stuck. Yeah, you're stuck in a boat. The elements, the elements are cruel. Yes. Cruel to say the least. Yes. So I guess it's one of those. Now I'm all right. Well, I'll just go home to my house and my electricity. Oh, yeah. I can't go anywhere and everything's, you know. But still, you can order stuff in. I can so order stuff fine. in. Yeah. There's food. There's power. There's. You don't have to eat people. No, I don't yeah. have to eat people or freeze or, you know, live in my own shit in some way. You know, like. Yeah. So it'll be. It's, really it's actually comparatively lu- speaking pretty luxurious yeah. like anybody looking at this situation would be like you guys are fucking pussies stop your complaining that's right <laughs> so in your lockups you know go ahead and check out all our social medias you can find us at so- stranger than podcast pretty much all of them yep you can donate to our patreon if you have work right now it's patreon.com slash stranger than podcast you'll get a f- Bonus episode every month, and you get ad-free episodes as we release them. And if you're not able to donate, just listen and tell your friends to listen, because hey. I've seen a lot of requests for what to listen to right now while everyone's yeah bored. And yeah, so just listening helps, actually, and having other people listen, that every little bit helps, and we appreciate it all. And we hope all of you stay healthy and... Stay safe in these apocalyptic times. Definitely. And uh, most of all, stay strange. And we'll talk to you next time.